everybody, and welcome to episode 393 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Jason Walsh Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on this, go to patreon.com slash lasertime. Who else is joining me? Uh, Chris Antista, thankful, if not... I say it on bonus time this week. I didn't want to record anything last week. I just wanted to wait for everything to end, and I was reminded... We recorded this show at a very weird time in uh, yes. history, and I was like, oh, I, damn it, I meant to avoid all of that entirely. Fucking VGA. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the show must go on, and this week is, call me Chrissy, new console, Call of Duty AC Antista. Mm-hmm. It's nice. a big week. It is a really big week. Who else? Talk. Oh my, Matthew Allen. Oh, and special guest. I am TL Foster Connected. That is for the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and the Xbox One X. Oh, man. <laughs> it is it is new console week, everybody. Holy shit. Everybody get pumped for this. My God. We've got <laughs> PS5 and the Xbox Series X or S if you want to play 1440p games. It's, it's an exciting week. There's new hardware. You don't have to wait for things to load anymore, apparently. I, I'm going to look into this more on the show. I just want to get it out in the top because you'll have one day after the, sure. the show goes live. Game deals take me... Uh, <laughs> Do what I say. Uh, Target's offering its buy two get one free sale the week new consoles Call of Duty and AC Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes out. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking, and I don't. I have to. Are those really included in the deal? Does it really matter if full price games are there anyway? Holy shit, Uh, that's a tremendous deal, especially now that um, what's the price of PS Five games at this point? Seventy. Uh, Seventy. Yeah. Seventy bucks. Yeah, I I think the big thing that. I'm very interested in is like right before the consoles kind of, you know, all went out was like, this was the day where, uh, Xbox was like, all right, now we're, here's where we're going to bundle all the game pass stuff. And like EA play is right in there. And the Xbox, you know, and all the Xbox, uh, series games that are going to go there are right in there. And I think I've been so intrigued in this new generation, just seeing what Xbox is doing. Um, as a just as a, a massive like uh, brand look uh, of, of like going more to like the, the I don't want to say streaming because that's not what it is but it's kind of like it's it's a library of games like doing something very different I think that's I think it's that's what's been very intriguing to look at especially like seeing those games go over because I'm not someone who's probably going to adapt for a little bit I'm gonna wait but like I don't feel like the fomo of missing out on a new console you know watch yep. because it seems like i'm there with xbox i mean i get the low times everybody's going to get but i i'm getting the games and i'm getting the experience of having xbox ultimate game pass you know i was just yeah. about to say i'm literally playing all of the big releases this week on current gen systems so i don't yeah i don't doesn't feel that different to me yeah. but uh it, it is a little weird like i got i do have a series x that i've had for all of about 24 hours or so and it's a little odd because going from an Xbox One to a Series X, I don't really immediately notice a lot of difference because, like, okay, there's a different box there. It's the exact same UI because, you know, they're kind of going for an iPhone thing where it's like it's a similar experience across multiple generations. But yeah, uh, I think and, that's and, yeah. I think that's a bit of a mistake, to be honest, because it, it, it yeah. should feel new to you. Yeah, you know, it shouldn't feel like it, a, I mean, it's the same UI, which, to be fair, got a refresh like a, a week or two ago. It's mm-hmm. but uh, but I'm playing the same games that I was before the new console showed up. 
and you know they're they seem to be a little faster and prettier but uh you know it's still it it's the same thing with any lunch where like we'll see the difference down the road but it's not necessarily immediately apparent i think i think what makes it a little unprecedented is a couple of things and backwards compatibility this is not the first time that has happened but it is the first time it's been like no matter what console you buy, there's a $15 a month plan to have the best exclusives on both for nothing, for less than the cost of a fourth of a new game. Mm, right. That's insane. And so, like, I've seen, like, uh, you know, our friend Sammy, he's not, he's sort of a lapsed gamer, but people like him who are, like, all the rest of us dealing with the pandemic and, like, huh, there are new video game systems coming out. How much they cost? Okay, what games do you get with that? Oh my god, <laughs> no, no console has ever launched with this much shit, uh, like reasonably priced, and it's all exclusive and the best stuff. Right. Um, not yep. since like Mario World can I think of anything like this on the, yep. on the Super Nintendo. What yeah. I recommend is we have a. I was going to kind of have a special Xbox Series X segment as part of the new releases, oh, where Michael, we you could tell us all about your box. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you oh, that's all about dirty. my box. That's all I can think about. It's funny because the Xbox is shipping without one first-party yeah. exclusive Balls. launch title, <laughs> mm-hmm. but plenty of third-party launch titles, which kind of leads to our yes. top five. Which was suggested by a friend of the show, Dave Rudden. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> famous wrestling writer, Dave Rudden. Um, <laughs> what? And and I think it's because this week, more than any other console launch in recent memory, is kind of almost like a platform agnostic console launch in that, like, it's, it's not really about the big exclusives you're getting. It's about, like, whose third-party games look the best and play the best. Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, like, that, that stuff is going to be hitting on both both systems so yeah he he suggested how about you go back and take a look at the best third-party launch titles of all time and these are like so many video game uh, console launches are the company that puts out the console also puts out like a handful of games for it and then if that's successful then it attracts third-party publishers or they used to yeah <laughs> yeah until, until this gen well, they, they used yeah to, like super nintendo i think launched with f-zero and super mario World. yeah I remember that. yeah yeah well i mean you know um again as kind of the industry insiders we can explain a little mm-hmm. bit of the reasoning behind this it's it's a risky proposition whenever you have a new console because you you kind of want to see what the sell-through is like like how many people how many consoles are out there in the wild to say okay should we be making a game for this platform um so when you do see third-party games on a brand new console that's that's a big leap of faith you know they're they're, it's Mm -hmm. kind of they're they're weighing it against uh something in marketing called a blue ocean strategy which is like when there's not many other games around well you have a product out there so more people who normally maybe wouldn't consider your product might buy it but at the same time uh Wii U, if not a lot of people buy the console when it comes out, it's like that might not matter so much. So, right, yeah. so we're going to be talking about games like Rise and... Yeah. No, that's first party. Uh, that's first party. Uh, Wait, maybe Geometry Wars was first party, which was surprising. Like it, Well, it wasn't right. developed by Microsoft, but it was published by Microsoft Game Studios. So Yeah, uh, except for the sequels, which Vivendi published because I worked on one, uh, on the three or the DS version of that game. Yeah. Wow. Now, I just want to make the point of like I I do like them basically saying, "Hey, we have these libraries of games. Like we're we're in the ninth generation of video games, right? So we have these deep libraries. So we don't have to come with a haze or a layer or you know like 
zombie. Like, I know mm-hmm. zombie got better, but, like, you know, yeah, you don't have to just shit something out, you know, well, to show I, that I don't. Next I think it's less about that. It's it's more just, like, first parties, kind, well, at least Microsoft sort of dropped the ball with, with not having a launch title. Like, they were really counting on Halo being there, and then when Halo got delayed, it's like, well shit you know so i think they had every idea that was not on the table for a long time yeah i I mean halo's only launched one xbox right like it only launched on the xbox original yeah Yeah. um and and that's and that's that's my thinking it's like a lot of times especially the last couple generations there's never really been a first party killer app system seller yeah you don't need it like at this time like you don't Uh, need switch had it with mario right with uh, Odyssey? Mario Odyssey? No, it's I don't think Mario Odyssey. With, uh, Zelda. Zelda, yeah. Yeah, Odyssey. Mario Odyssey oh, was Zelda, a launch, okay. yeah. And I mean, and Zelda was one that was a, it was a bridge, because it was also on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right, right. You know, so like, I don't think you need to have that anymore. And I, I, and I think that's something that, I do think like having the, the advancement of, you know, the PlayStation now with the new systems and then, you know, Xbox, you know, Game Pass, we don't need to to put all those eggs in the basket to make a game that it can be mediocre or like, oh hey, it looks really good. It's it's Mario 64. Everyone loves it because it's the Mario on the N64 and it's like it's kind of a tech demo. It's just showing you what the 64 can do. It's That's dude, okay. Great. You know, I'm not going to let you get away with calling Mario 64 a tech I, demo on this show, dude. <laughs> we know you it, have a bad take that it's a bad game. It's not a bad game. Get over I it. I did dude. not say it was a bad game. I, you my, have said to my, me that countless times Mario 64 I, no, is a bad I, game. I have said that, but what I was saying just now <laughs> was that when it launched, it was launched to show people how to play the N64 controller. That is what that game is good for. It's. Hey, this controller well, that is obtuse well, and no I, one likes. There's all this game for it. All these it was launched to prove Mario that 3D games could work. Ignoring something important, which is that there was nothing like it at the time. Yeah. Except maybe Thank Tomb you. Raider. It was like one of the first ever 3D action platform Thank games. you. Yeah, that game was, was launched to prove that 3D games could work, dude. I was That's reading what that something from the developers for. this week. is like, yeah, at the time, we just had no concept for how... A- player was supposed to jump in 3d at all there was no. no template anywhere the only 3d games before that that i remember playing that were kind of big were virtua fighter games in the arcades like that yeah. you know remember those big like polygon characters or it's like those their heads yeah. a triangle. i remember seeing them in magazines like what is I, i'm honestly these? astonished that series has survived this long it's good <laughs> yeah. i'm not saying it's not but like it was based on such a weird gimmick has a really dumb name in the title uh, Virtua. It's, it's that's part of a of, of, a Virtua a, franchise. Virtua. It's a yeah. name they've used franchise. in other ti- in other games. Yeah. Virtua on. Virtua. Yeah. Well, no, Virtua okay. on, but Virtua. Cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Virtuous cop. The Mario sixty four thing. It is a bit to a degree. I am not enamored with sixty four as much as everybody else is. I think they do a much better job of of working on that engine with Zelda. I think. I think Major Kazooie is actually the game that shows you here's what 3D is. They just put too much rare bullshit in there, mm. which is like why wow, that's not a perfect game. But like Mario 64 is fine. It's a fine game. It's a fine and, launch. And game. it is it is odd during new console season. I still think Nintendo has is still is the only. It seems to be the only first party publisher that really cares about exclusives, and as such, right. has the most this holiday season because even Sony's. 
killer games are like, well, it's Spider-Man 1.5, and it's a remake of Demon's Souls. Those <laughs> yeah. are the best games that it has. Yeah. Yep. And, and I'm so and excited I, to play both of them. No, no, I, I, that's, it's the only reason I'm happy I landed a PS5, and I'm still not positive I won't sell it, hmm. depending on, because, like, I, I've been out there looking for stuff, man, and, you know, I don't know if that belongs in the news, but, like, it's also weird to see Target, Walmart, and GameStop saying, like, don't come here expecting to buy a console. In fact, we promise no consoles in this store. Yeah, well, you because online, Sony announced that they said no, yeah. no launch sales through. No, stores. there there are placards in front of Target, for wow. instance, right now. Yeah. Like, do I, not come, do not come saw, here. Don't for dead a PS5, enter do inside. Up. I yeah, saw a thing not, on Am- that about Amazon today that some, I think it was pre-orders, aren't expected to arrive before Christmas. Like that's that's how bad it is. It's like, yeah, dude, oh, yeah, if you didn't get one, you're not getting it till next year. Just it's going to be like the Jordan like phenomenon, like growing mm-hmm. up, like. Hey, if you, if someone goes and buys this in the wild, like you might want to have like two or three people around you. Like this is you don't even need like, to extend it to the two yeah, shoes. Yeah. Like you can that's that's well, video game systems for the past few generations. There was right? a like, minor panic because Target put a disclaimer on their orders yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday that said this item will ship in its original box, and there was no way to prevent people from seeing what it is. And then, like, Wario64 contacted a Target rep, and they said, no, 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 it'll ship in a brown box. That's a mistake. And and, and uh, today that got taken off the, the order. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, that, that was, like, everybody freaking out. I was like, oh, fuck, no, no PS5s are going to find their way to their intended recipients. My God. I mean, but you mail. I'm in a couple of groups where, like, let's just say a guy who works for one of these companies will be like, hey, man, looks like your stuff is here, and post pictures from the back of their truck. Hmm. Those dudes know. I I have no reason to distrust the Postal Service. I'm not the president. But I'm, I am still terrified. Man, my PS5 is to go through so many hands. I know they'll, mm-hmm. they'll know what it is. And it looks like one of them has sold on eBay for $20,000. No. It, Come on. Like, 20... I, it could be fake. Uh, it could it could be one of those things. Um, but like, yeah, I'm like, and if it's worth twenty thousand dollars, like, I don't want it in the house. It's I don't not want it. Worth twenty thousand dollars? My God! <laughs> yeah, just, uh, but I'm, you, there's, you have to understand. There's probably like some, let's say, some princes out there who still want a PS5 for mm. the holidays and are willing to pay whatever. Uh, that's probably going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I just so want something new to mess with right now. And I can't really, aff- I can barely afford this. <laughs> but I've, I've always wanted to. I swear, I've always wanted to play Demon Souls. Miles Morales is one of my favorite characters. I right. thought I was going to lean a little more into the Xbox camp, but I'm, I'm pretty shocked by the fact that just evaluating things today with uh, you and Dave, because Dave, it turns out my Xbox One can no longer be my all-purpose media machine. There will be mm. no TV tuner support nope. for my over-the-air antenna, and some of my apps are missing from it. However, my PS4, I didn't use for any of that, and the backwards compatibility means, like, my PS4 is useless when the PS5 shows up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it unless has, it unless has, you want to play PT. Which I don't, ever. <laughs> like, didn't when it came out. I, I, think, I think for me, it's like, I, I enjoyed PT. I'm probably never going to play it again. But at the same time, I don't want to make that decision now and shut that door. And it's like, I can never play it again. I just, I, I've always been a collector and never had to think mm. about that. But like, I, I, TL just said it's the ninth console generation. Like, that, 
Yeah. My house is a mess. Fuck the collector mentality. I don't want to hold on to everything that I don't need, and I definitely don't want it in the li- like all this shit in the living room spilling out of the entertainment center. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a. I'm just excited. I'm sorry. I'm babbling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think so. I do think it's. I think there's a way to to be optimistic about the new systems. I do think there's a there's a need for for people to be excited. I just. I'll see y'all in March. Like, there's nothing like there's nothing <laughs> that that I'm that I'm like super like I need to get something right now. Like, I can wait, and it's absolutely fine. I think that's the I think that's the big thing. It's I, I think Microsoft, especially this is uh, like this is me in the camp of Microsoft. I think the Series X will be the first one I buy. I think that they have gone out of the way. It's like, hey, we understand that not everyone's going to be able to get these things right away. They're very expensive. The pre-order system is fucked. Like. And there's a limited, you know, supply. But, you know, what if, you know, we're going to give you alternatives so you can still play on these older systems. And I think that's very important to showcase and let people know, like, hey, you don't have to be an early adopter. You're not going to get FOMO. We're still going to have things come over. Like, you don't have to get this right now. And I think that's what's beneficial for me. And I can only speak mm. for myself. Yeah. Well, we should we should get into our top five third-party launch titles right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I've been um, clinically depressed. A lot of things that have been happening this week includes my doctor quitting. And me having mm. to find a new doctor. You broke them? I did. He quit via suicide. No, he, uh, but, uh no. <laughs> Funny suicide joke. Uh, no, he, he just moved. So, but like, I'm in the middle of like, oh God, I need a new, my plumber literally broke up with me and my doctor left me. Like, Are you I'm having in... a gastro issue? Is that why your plumber and your doctor both had to leave? <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I am mainlining baked beans. This election has got me so nervous. Baked beans. I've got one inch piece of shit left in me. I got another one that quit, you fucker. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about the top five. What? Third-party launch titles. Yes, thank you. And I I should say, because I do like talking about it, Michael didn't want to go super Ubisoft heavy for, Hmm. you know, his own sense of silly professionalism <laughs> and and uh but but like they i think ubisoft does deserve some weird award because they don't seem to give a shit about taking a chance on a new console well, they're always there like yeah. right. you, you know they they've been there they they were with like every major nintendo launch since the yep. the wii and the uh, best version of black flag was on next gen consoles the day it yep. arrived on current gen consoles zombie u red steel mm-hmm Oh, uh, they, they were like the first game to support Stadia with Assassin's Creed yeah. Odyssey. It's very, it's, I've worked for a company like that, and it's it's just a giant risk that no one wants to take, and Ubisoft doesn't seem to give a shit. But Michael wanted to say light on them. I just thought they deserved some weird award, you know, after getting kicked in the dick throughout most of the year. But um, <laughs> they're, they're always there for new consoles in a way that a lot of pub- yeah. third-party publishers they're, never They're are. here for them with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs mm-hmm. Legion. There, I got that out of the way. And, and, I, and I've heard <laughs> good things. I've heard good things about 
uh, both both games. So, oh, they're which fantastic. Are, were, they, those were the only Series X games I saw in Target, period. Um, wow. I saw FIFA in Walmart. Mm. <laughs> and the roller coaster game for PS5. I've seen one PS5 game at this point in person. Oh, dang. And, and well, thrilling. let's begin with... Number five. Oh no, what is this game? Uh, this is my favorite video game of all time, Power really? Stone. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Power I, I, I love, love Power, Power Stone, Stone too. So but uh. ha- having recently replayed it, something about it struck me that I never noticed before, which is mm. Power Stone is basically 3D two-player Smash Brothers. Yes. And mm. it's a very... I, I, know, I wouldn't say simplistic fighting system, but compared to the stuff that Capcom was usually putting out, especially at the time, uh, it's it's very just button mashy and run around and mm. grab bits of scenery and throw them at each other, and I it's, I love it, it. and it's it's not yeah. so Smash Bros though because of that third dimension. Like there's a mm. lot more in terms of like running away from opponents and so it really does change the game a lot more like it, smash bros limiting to a 2d yeah. play field kind of yeah. i don't well, know I, I think there's more going yeah. on yeah. In i think Stone. like the item the item the item usage as well mm-hmm. is what yeah. uses the the, the uh, items just the, drop in smash brother thing and like i think so P- power stone 2 is more like the smash brothers clone because you do have a four yes it is a four-man free-for-all fighter and also there's stage transitions kind of like like later uh, Smash Brothers games, mm-hmm. that's where that gets really com- uh, like comparative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just Power Stone, it was very frantic. It was a very frantic game, very fun. Um, and it's like it's the game like when you tell me when you say, "Oh, hey, the, the the Sega Dreamcast," which I think like this is not a controversial take. It probably has the strongest like launch opening, lineup. like uh, oh. you know, day one la- la- launch yep. lineups, right? When, when sure. you um, said opening, I thought you meant this. In the 19th century, people are strong believers of superstition and legend. Adventurers seek the world for fortune, glory, and a legendary treasure which has the power to make dreams come true. That treasure is known as the Power Stone. They just get like the localization intern to, to do something. What yeah, they just totally, yeah. that's total scratch audio, dude. That is not like final audio. What's weird is they wanted Power Stone, like, uh, uh, Capcom Japan wanted Power Stone to be a big thing because Power Stone came out with the game and also around the same time there was an OVA that was oh, out of mm. it. Like that, I don't think it's ever been out anywhere. Uh, Power Stone is... I, I really love Power Stone. One of my most embarrassing things is I think the first time I met Chris, so this was in 2012, I met Seth Killian and this, he was still working at Capcom at the time. And I go over and it's like... I, I forgot somebody... Like somebody I was working at um, Front Horse Gamer... And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, Travis loves Power Stone. And I was like, yeah, it'd be really cool if Capcom did another Power Stone game. Like the shitty thing that you should never do to anybody who works there. Because obviously people have been fighting mm-hmm. for it. But, yeah, no, I just, I love Power Stone. I love those characters. There's straight, there's there's just a Goku. Like, as one of the characters, yeah, Wang uh, Tang is just time. a Goku. Uh, um, and then, like, there's so much strategy. Like, the bigger characters, like Gunrock, like, if you... Like, some characters can jump up a pole, but Gunrock will pull the pole down and swing it. Like, I don't know. Power Stone is just one of those games, and it, it just means a lot to me, and it's just one of my favorite games of all time, and I, I love it. It's it's a, a great video game. I, I wish it would get a re-release beyond the one that was on PSP, because that is not really the ideal platform for something like Power Stone. Yes. 
I agree with you completely. And and if if you're jonesing for that kind of thing, uh, you might want to check out Last Battle on Steam, which is a very French Power Stony kind of game. Right down to the like you're chasing the three stones around and trying to beat them out of your opponents. And when you get all three of them, you get to transform into a super powered version of yourself. Oh. Is this fucked up? I already know which character. Know <laughs> which character is powered up by the sounds? Oh. Which character is it? Uh, that was Falcon, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, it, it's fucked up because I know which one the sounds. When he transforms, I, he turns. He has like uh, airplane-inspired armor and shoots missiles everywhere, like bursts. Yeah, it's like a re- it's like a really weird red Gundam suit. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ryoma, like I think Ryoma, I would, like I said, I would either play with Wang Tang because Wang Tang literally just turned into Goku and yeah. does like a, a and, and a he had like the fastest combos. It was, it was yeah, he was a lot of fun to play as. Um, but Ryoma was a really good like he would be really good zone because he would just shoot those lightning blades with his thing. Uh, what is I was gonna ask? What is up with French studios making games like or sequels that I like because the, the French studio doing you know the Power Stone uh, spiritual successor. successor and then, isn't it a French studio that's doing the, um, doing the Jet Set Radio, um, like spiritual successor? Well, Travis, maybe it is uh, what we call in France. Uh, it's not. You Americans don't want to hear this, but the reason why is socialism. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you make my our government ass funds our art programs. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Mid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I forgot what the question was. It's uh, uh, French. I, I, why do French studios make yeah, games? It's, TL it's likes? not the, yeah. um, the like. There's Hover Revolt of Gamers. It was one of the quote unquote spiritual successors, and I think mm-hmm. that was just because like, well, it's stylistically similar and it has some Hideki Naganuma music. But there is another one coming out that is seems much more in line with it. Yeah, and, it's like it's called Battle. Oh man, I'm gonna have to look it up now because, like, I when I saw that trailer, I lost my shit because it was literally just a like it was almost like just like, hey, here's Jet Set Radio Future Part Two, and it's like, yes, let's go. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, is that it? That yep, that's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch the trailer again later on today. It's so good. So Power Stone, so, yeah, Power Stone, it's <laughs> a great game. If you get a chance, if you can play Power Stone, you should. Yeah. It's a really great game. I really. So there is a Power Stone arcade cabinet. I've never seen it. I I wow. literally yeah. want to play that yeah. at some point. I've never heard. Yeah. So never heard the Dreamcast one is a port of that arcade. Yeah, game. yeah. And Power Stone Two is like one of my big regrets from the Dreamcast era because I got it and I did not enjoy it because to me, like Power Stone is a fighting game, and what is this four player nonsense? This is basically a party game, and there's no story or endings to follow like this isn't this isn't what i wanted from a power stone sequel and so i sold my copy to gamestop and now it is fantastically expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> because it it's is, rare yeah. i think yeah. there was like because they came out during the the end life of the dreamcast mm-hmm. and i don't think they made a lot of copies yeah, it was so, a, a like, black label game back when yeah. sega was just starting to do that toward the end Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. I, I still feel bad about that. It's like what a stupid fucking move, and I want to play it now. God damn it! Oh well. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I, I, I worked at Capcom. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of requests for a bunch of games, and I just like I wanted to just like, can you all just ask me for the a game at the same time so I can show you like 
Yeah, I don't know why this company was simultaneously developing 60 fight, different fighting games at the same time. But the, your answer is like, I want a new Power Stone, I want a new Darkstalkers, I want a new Plasma Sword. I want, like, that's why they there's not a new one of those. It all has mm-hmm. to be in Street Fighter or nothing, because these things are crazy expensive now to develop, and you can't maintain a live atmosphere for 700,000 fighting games. But I mm-hmm. want a new Rival Schools. <laughs> like, yeah, I, who yes. doesn't? <laughs> What if we could and, get yeah. all those characters into Street Fighter Five? I be... I think that's I think I, it looks like they've been doing that only to the extent of like Final Fight and shit. But like I don't see what else they're supposed to do. Well, I mean uh, they're they're adding rival school characters in now, so that's yes. cool. Hmm. So like hopefully, fingers crossed, we get to see Ryoma in the Street Fighter. I would be down for that. Yeah, or I think like even like it's possible for a Power Stone mode in Street Fighter. Yeah, or like do another Capcom Fighting Gems. That game that only I played and loved. It had Red <laughs> it, it, Earth characters in it. Red yes, Earth, a game Red that Earth. no one's played but me. I have recently, but but not Ugh. not before that. No, <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's one of those things for me. Power Stone is instantly recognizable. It has a ton of charm, and it just missed a lot of people. And I forgot where I was going entirely. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's a lot um, of fun. Y'all should play it. I still can't believe it was there at the launch of Dreamcast, getting overshadowed by some other games, probably. But um, we should move on, too. Number four. This is the one that's going to be the most controversial, I think. God, why do they always have to kill in such maggot-infested dumps? Why can't they pick a nice spot without addicts and gang members for once? Someplace not so damn dark. I bet you guys There's nothing controversial about this game other than, I guess, the game itself was pretty controversial. This is Condemned. Condemned Criminal Origins, which yes. was, I, I think, the uh, the underrated gem of the Xbox 360's yeah. launch lineup. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah when, that, when that system launched, there were two games that I would show people like to showcase. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, go back in the Wayback Machine, Xbox 360 was the launch of HD gaming. Like, yes, this, this was right. the first time we'd seen this stuff, and I used to show people... Um, the EA boxing game. Mm-hmm. And I used to show them this game because they both were like, no, this is what video games now look like. This is, this is how good they can truly look. And this game was also in addition to like appearance wise, the combat. It, I think for a long time, I'd always wonder like, well, what would first person melee be like? Cause we've all done first person shooting before. And this game sure did answer that question. And it was brutal. Dude. Oh yeah. Like it. Well, I remember they showed it at E3 that year in 2005. And Rather infamously, it was not running on an Xbox 360 test kit. It was mm-hmm. running on two Mac G5s under a, a curtain podium. Which, uh, by the way, happens all the time now, and no one ever talks wow. about it. We've gotten over that. Like, so many games at events are running on PC builds that no one no one blinks an eye, because it's not really an expectation. You know, oh, it's... Yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. But what they showed made it look like the game was just about going through grungy tunnels and uh, beating up homeless people with sticks. And <laughs> that is part of it, yes, but that does not represent what the game is about. This uh, is actually... Pipes, Michael. Be fair. Okay, They're pipes. They were, pipes. They're well, pipes. They, they were also uh, two-by-fours. You yeah, can use that those. Too, yeah. Or mannequin arms or uh, various <laughs> other things. Uh, but this this was a really good, for its time especially, horror adventure where you're playing yes. as an FBI agent named Ethan Thomas who has to investigate a grisly series of, of murders 
while something is mysteriously causing all the uh, vagrants and gang members in the city to go absolutely fucko bazoo. Federal agent, come out peacefully or I will use force. Fuck you! <laughs> oh yes, the city's full of them now, Thomas. Addicts, vagrants, psychotic individuals gone terribly bad. They come in all kinds, but mostly violent. Be careful. Yeah, there, there are reasons for the violence. It's not just like, oh, now there's vagrants everywhere. Right, but, uh, right. I just love that response. Like, come out. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you tell him, dude. Make him get a warrant. That is about warrant as is verbal out. as characters in the, a lot of characters in this game get because mostly they're just like, and running yeah, at you with, yeah. with pipes and two by fours. Um, I had forgotten about the detective angle until you yeah. brought it up earlier today in the chat. You're like, yeah, most people completely forget that part of the game because yeah, all you really remember is the visceral. Yeah. 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 But, but like, even, even then, the fighting system was kind of cool and that like oh you you know you can hit you can also hold the block incoming strikes that was that was yeah not yeah i mean that's done in a first person game that's what i remember about that game is like oh yeah it's it's this like the combat just felt so visceral and gross and like mm-hmm. you, you the sounds i just totally remember it's like oh you you feel every hit but then like when you brought up i'm like oh shit yeah this game had detective vision didn't it yeah, it, 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 it had it, did. Little... it had things where you like shine a uv light and look for like Oh well, the the wound here is going to be highlighted purple, so investigate that, and yeah. uh, you'd have to piece together these crime scenes. And uh, one of the game's most memorable moments, which I'm about to spoil if you're planning to play this, no, nope. comes fairly late in the game, and you uh, are investigating this, I think, gym teacher who has been horrifically mutilated, and his body has been stuffed into a locker. I believe you found Mr. Tibbetts. Image seems to match personnel file. It didn't come through properly, though. Can you take a close-up? Help. Help me. Help is on the way. Who did this to you? And this The torturer. Uh, yeah, it's this moment where you're seeing this grisly mutilated corpse like someone's cut off half of his face he's missing an arm there's blood everywhere and it's just this corpse leaning in a locker and you have to take out your camera and zoom in on his face to get a match and then all of a sudden he comes to life and grabs you and it's this moment of horror but it quickly subsides once you realize oh he shit he's still alive the victim's still alive and needs help oh and and yeah that like you realize like oh Okay, okay, this isn't someone attacking me. This is someone who, who needs me to help them right now. Um, this, but, is, uh, this is Monolith Studios, isn't it? Yep. Monolith, but yeah, because I, I, around the time this came out, we were working with them on the original Fear. And oh, wow. I just remember, like, they just, you know, when this came out, I'm like, God, you guys do horror really well. Yeah. And then they eventually went on. Now they do all the the shadows of Mordor and those those kind of games. But it's like that was their jam for a while. It's like first person experiences and uh, yeah, like like like. Well, if you look at Fear, especially like they really could scare you in first person. Like they knew how to do it, which isn't an easy thing to do. Yeah, well, it was also interesting. So I don't know if you guys recognize the voice of Ethan in those clips. Hell yeah, yeah. You want to say <laughs> yeah. who it is? 
Greg Grunberg? Yeah, Greg Grun- I think Grunberg. Uh, yeah, J.J. Abrams' oh, best friend. Yeah. He's in every double Oh, the double Heroes J guy. Movie. Every yeah, new yeah, Star yeah. Wars. And he's in Heroes. <laughs> Big Ass Spider. Don't sleep on that one. Hmm. That's pretty, <laughs> uh, And he's in Lost. And he's in a bunch of games, actually. Yeah. Yeah, didn't but, he, um, uh, spoiler alert, didn't he die in Star Wars? Yes, I think he did. Mm-hmm. Off screen, though. Yeah. Well, maybe it was on screen. He he died a, uh, I think he died in his X-Wing. Okay. But, yeah, it was a little bit like, what's that and, one guy that we were supposed the to feel call? bad for him because like, well, but he's been in so many scenes, like, but he hasn't had any development whatsoever. I don't care about this character at all. Yeah, yeah, I always felt with him, I'm like, there's so many scenes with him on the floor. Like mm-hmm. on the cutting room floor, like that yeah. we're supposed to know. He he had a very strong uh, Porkins vibe, you know, Porkins from the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. When the way yes. he died, I'm like, right. I yeah. thought, it, it, but just imagine, imagine your best friend when you're five years old, and now imagine that resulted in you being in Star Wars movies. <laughs> that guy can't complain about shit. Nope. He's a he's a working actor who gets to appear in the biggest franchises everywhere. Because Double J has his hands in everything. Mm-hmm. You dropped my orange juice. Um, I put you in Star Wars. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it's You're going to go out and juice. buy me more orange juice. What'd you get me for Christmas? A shower curtain. I'm sorry, JJ. You can't call him Double J, though, because it just makes me think of Jeff Jarrett. Like, <laughs> I J- mean, look, if you're Jeff A-double. Jarrett's best friend, too, <laughs> it also it flies. And, and, uh, I also think it's just, this is bizarre a, a bizarre thing to be published by Sega at this point, yes. right? Oh, they haven't right. delved in any Sega. any territory like this. Yeah, and yeah. They, they you know they they publish Aliens Isolation to this day, but like, uh, right? Yeah, first person, very unbelievably gritty horror horror. Th- thing. This was early days of Sega as a third party publisher instead of a right. platform owner. console, but also like so you mm. know like companies like Ubisoft they have their in house stuff and then they have their. So they're third-party publishers. They have third-party developed games as well. And so, like, this was that for Sega because Sega didn't own Monolith or anything. And so it's like, yeah, they Sega is still very much, like, exploring, like, well, what kind of games do we publish other than our Sega stuff, you know? Profitable. And I'm glad that they uh, they were experimenting with stuff like Condemned because it's, it's yeah. a – it's an overlooked series, and they had two games, and then just nothing, right? Or uh, there might have been some spinoffs. Or yeah, something. no, there were there were so, two games, and it's it's interesting to note. Also, I wanted to call out the character designs in this. Like the heroes of this game are sort of homely middle aged people. Like Ethan Thomas mm-hmm. is just like a really big, heavy set dude. But it's like this is what FBI agents in the field probably actually look like. But then they kind of in the sequel they gave him beard and some floppy hair and made him look all edgy and grunge because he's an alcoholic now. And now he has like uh magic powers uh <laughs> as you do. At what point at what point does he yeah, am I wrong to think Stone Cold Steve Austin played the condemned guy at one point? Am I, no, he I was just, in a movie, in movie called The Condemned. Condem- the, oh, condemned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Condemned. Is that the movie where he decapitates Littlefinger with an ATV? That uh, does yeah. happen in one Stone yeah, Cold believe. Steve Austin the, movie. The Condemned is like a Battle Royale movie but with Wait, it's not the same know. thing? No, 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 no. Different. No, Way no, different. No. And, and just this, this was kind of a breakout critical, darling. There were plans for a Condemned movie. Like, it's just... Mm. It's mm. one of those franchises that fell super hard. Yeah, um, I don't think the second got... I don't think that many people got into the second. The, do you guys... I remember um, playing the first one, 
this gave me very strong like manhunt vibes of like you mm. just feel grossed out yeah. by the time yeah. you get through that last level like yeah. you mentioned mannequin arms michael and also like you're you're trapped somewhere very dangerous and very unsavory and you have to fight your way out and that, that's yeah. what i i played this game because it was a launch game and obtainable when I got mm. my 360, and after I played it, I'm like, yeah, I never want to play anything like that again. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- oh, yeah. I don't want to play the sequel. So I think that that's also part of it. Like, yeah, you kind of like traumatized most of the people who played you who were buying something based on a Sega logo <laughs> and, and didn't need another right. one. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was it was very like a saw. Saw was big at the time, right? And so it's like, yeah, this is like a saw type yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good comparison. And, you know, we mm. also considered, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong to, to toot the Ubisoft horn again, mm. which I find them incredibly similar. Was was great and was arguably the standard bearer of the 360s launch after Perfect Dark was just a bunch of shiny mannequins that nobody really wanted oh God, to play with. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, that was also on PS2, so it's like oh, it should be something that kind of sh- is more geared towards showing off the new hardware, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But wasn't uh, the 360 version a completely different? game though than the ps2 like like uh, built on a different engine and everything i never played the ps2 game so possibly no. all right the peter Jackson's con was the same i think the big thing with the 360 version the thing i remember it from was like it was easy achievements yeah. and that was the game yeah. That oh yeah i remember it wasn't easy but you did all you had to do was play through the game play the game yeah, yeah. And, and it, was it wasn't like game. avatar easy by playing through the game which is like a really weird first person you almost never shoot her. Um, and then, but the last level you play is fucking King Kong in mm. old timey New York. And I will never forget that. I warn any streamer listening also bear in mind the cutscenes are HD footage from the movie, which I think is the, one of the only time that's ever happened in a movie game because it'll get you flagged and kicked off Twitch oh, or well, YouTube. Especially this week after what's been going down on Twitch. Yeah, you will yeah. get your DMCA yeah. ass handed to you. I feel like that uh, used for... to happen a lot more in the PS2 era, especially like with the Lord of the Rings games. It, they, they had I those swear. moments where it goes from like the full motion video to like now there's like the the rendered graphics take over yeah. and then you're really you're really bad compressed hd there, movies to the, uh, to the render. only time that became a, a big problem for us when we were streaming one was it was the sega cd for some reason because they the hook game is is uh isn't chiptunes like every other version it's just fucking john williams score wow. and then oddly enough cliffhanger youtube matched up the sega cd cutscenes from cliffhanger which are just movie clips and flagged us for <laughs> y'all. Tra- you kids always trying to broadcast the movie cliffhanger. No, 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 no. That is not what we were doing. M- food out of Sylvester Stallone's mouth. Yes, you thirty-five-year-old kids. Will you ever learn? Cliffhanger's not meant to be streamed. It's meant to be enjoyed with your parents. They snatched it out of his mouth, just like he snatched at his friend as they were falling off that cliff mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah, Damn, I, that is I a did, really old reference. I, I I absolutely love Condemned, the sequel, meh, but let's move along yeah. to... Number three. Ready? Go! Go! Oh. I just collected a bunch of these guys in one of our new games of this week in a in a UFO catcher machine. Oh yeah, this is Frank, Super Frank Monkey Ball. If you, if you can, can you teach a monkey to ride a ball? Yes. You, <laughs> if you stick a monkey in a ball, they won't have much choice. Yeah, because this is Super Monkey Ball. It's For the ultimate game. monkey's paw. 
I love Super Monkey Ball. I love its music. I love, and I can't. I, I need to go back and verify this, but my my I, somebody sold my GameCube without my permission, <laughs> so I can't check. Was this game one of the first games you remember playing? Like this? Oh, this is 3D and 30 frames a second. Holy shit! Is it 30? Back I then, it was, I, I didn't it was even 60. Right? Back then, no yeah, one 60, talked about sorry, frames 60. per second. I don't remember that being a thing until last generation. To be honest, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, I grabbed it on Dolphin and just like Jesus Christ, this, you could get this thing to run at a, an incredible frame. It does, rate. It does run really fast. I know that. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, there's not a lot happening yeah, to be it, honest it is an uncomplicated game in terms of like level geometry because it's just that it's the the levels yeah. are these uh very sparse things that are like they're tracks that are floating in midair over a static background mm-hmm. and you don't control the main character you tilt the levels you tilt yeah, and it's right, it, right. it feels like one of those uh wooden toys where you have to tilt the labyrinth around to move the, the labyrinth the, yeah, the steel right. balls through the holes, whatever. Yep. Um, and it can be really frustrating, but I I think this might have also been one of those, the first games I remember playing and then like going and seeing reviews and like everyone's raving about it online and I'm just like, I don't get it. And yeah. uh, there's a reason for that, Chris, according <laughs> to you. Yeah. Uh, I think it was because... and. and Look, I, I think I do have the luxury of saying I am sort of part of the generation that grew up with games. I'm about as, I'm almost as old as video games in general. Mm. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, I'm Me born too. in 1980. Not, and not counting Pong from the late 60s. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. It late, is it late 60s? I thought it was like mid 70s. Yeah, I thought yeah, the first uh, Pong machines were like. I thought yeah, the first yeah. Pong machines were like the, the, basic. The of vi- tennis for two, which was oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First video game, that's 60, 68. Let's say console gaming there. Hmm. Yeah. Done. Um, sure. About as old yeah. as console gaming. So at this point, console gaming and me were old enough to get our own place, and we were. Mm-hmm. And the Nintendo 64 had four controller ports, but like those things were fucking expensive. Mm. And I don't know what happened. Like somebody ended up getting a GameCube, and we discovered the party game mode in. Monkey Ball, yeah, and that was yeah. that ruled our life for like a fucking year. I remember we saved up yeah. to like rent a beach house together, and we had to like does it does it have a does it does it have a composite hookup because we want to play Monkey Ball at the beach, right? We're going to be playing Monkey Ball. <laughs> was, was one of your um, buddies Brett Kavanaugh at the beach house, no. Chris? I gotta ask. Yeah, me, Brett, Squee, a Donkey Dong <laughs> Dick. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But no, what was I your code like, word for Monkey Ball? I've yeah, forgotten I, about those days, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, only newer TVs have composite plugs. The, the older you, ones will just have the RCA jacks. Oh god, yeah. Do you remember when it wasn't flat panel TVs? They were widescreen, hmm. big ass tube TVs that hmm. were like thing, a thing for like three years. I, re- yeah. I remember. So this game in F Zero uh, F Zero uh, GX. Yeah. I remember like these were the games that my buddy. Would like sold me on using an S video hook. Yes, S video is great. Yeah, because yeah. like, like it was just like, well, if you used you used uh, the regular art, like honestly, like it's going to look bad. But you put an S video, it looks like it's going right in. And like these, these were the games that just like it blew my mind. And no, and Chris, you're absolutely right. Like I think that like the generation like right before me and then mine, like we were the generation that went to college, like. And just had people were like, hey, I have a GameCube, and we have four people. Let's yep. go and do something. Like, I remember, like, that's how we were with, like, uh, the X-Men Legends games, right, from Ravensoft. It's like, mm-hmm. we just had to, like, it's like, hey, we have four people, and this is what we can do. It's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. 
go and let's play monkey ball. You know, like so it, it was it was if you're a little bit older, you may not get the reverence for monkey ball because I originally was like, I don't understand it. But like then you when you do go and play with people that you like, you know, and you guys just are drinking beers and playing monkey ball. It's fucking fun. And, and, and also yeah. bearing in mind my age, I do not mean to be offensive about this. This yeah, is the do. first time girls were playing games with us. Like everyone, everyone mm. was on an even mm. play. Everybody was excited. There was a group of like twelve of us, guys, girls, every ethnicity, and nobody could wait. Like, uh, can we hurry up and pay the check and just go play fucking monkey ball? Like the ten of us, and like, yeah, fuck yeah, monkey target. I call it. Uh, I call Gon Gon, and. Again, <laughs> The only time yeah. you're a, who your character matters, but like I almost never played the single player until like a like six months later because we were transfixed on the four player party mode. And let's say I understand Mario Party exists, not a launch game and not a third party game. Yep. So there, yeah, true. And, and Nintendo, why is that not a launch game? Is it really well, hard? <laughs> was that with the GameCube? You remember the big game was Smash Brothers. Yes, was, and this and this will be the Smash Brothers that everyone like. They're literally selling a Fire Emblem game based off of people playing that Smash Brothers, being like, "Who the fuck is Mars?" Like, yeah. so this was like it was the perfect like system of, "Hey, this is the party system. It comes with the handle. Go and enjoy these games. Yeah, yeah bring it around mm-hmm. with you." And they, even though I think they say in the manual, like, "Don't use this as a handle. It's not." <laughs> But, it, but but it's an adorable handle. purple lunchbox. Come on, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the 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 mini games and the the party games were really cool. Like you, you had one it was like basically a four player sumo match where like all the monkey balls are equipped with like spring loaded boxing gloves and you're trying to punch each other off the edge. There's yeah, monkey target was the one where you like the the ball opens like wings and you have to fly and try to land on a specific I, I spot think, i think i think we almost played that for like 24 hours one time wow. just monkey target like, have, it was have so... you seen real life that sumo mode you talk about they do that now with those big inflatable balls that you can get inside like oh, that's cool it's the fucking best thing ever people just joust they run at each other as fast as they can in these giant balls and just fucking knock each other out it's amazing i love it and and there were also single player mini games which i guess could also be multiplayer like monkey billiards and after i heard this i just had to grab it for the show so all the the billiard balls are filled with monkeys (laughs) i that is what i remember about super monkey ball i played so much monkey billiards like and sega's using that billiards engine in yakuza games to this day i guarantee you it's built on the same billiards engine (laughs) i've never i've never played monkey ball which apparently is the arcade game on which this super one comes from but i think it was a maybe a japanese arcade game or some shit yeah yeah it's like it's like the trying to think of the 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 game that came out de amigo oh that's not the amigo but the uh taiko taiko there's a i know what you're talking about the drum game yeah yeah it was was in yakuza it's it's like kind of in that thing i think uh, monkey ball is like trackball but like these are all those like games i would read in like next gen magazine or like someone who'd be like in japan only and just being like man i want to be there so cool. while i listen to protoculture and be like <laughs> i want to live there yeah <laughs> so cool I, uh taiko drum master that. is the game the, sorry Tra- taiko drum it was master. dripping with charm and then you know if you from then on until the next generation like i i was sort of representative of Sega as a whole. Anytime there was a yeah. Sega ensemble game, 
mm-hmm. monkey ball characters were front and center ahead of <laughs> Jet Force Gemini characters. No, sorry, not Jet Force Gemini. Jet Set Radio characters and Alex Kidd. Uh, I, I was like one of like the Fab Five of, of Sega's franchises. Sure. And now it's it, it's so bizarre that like right when Nintendo and iPhones took gaming towards accelerometers, that why didn't this succeed more? It seems. I've, have you played the iPhone them. version? I, I thought it was terrible. It's mm. bad. It's really bad. That's why it didn't succeed more. It's just uh, uh, it's yeah. it's a it's full of paywalls and shit. It's it's not great. Yeah, it's like it's like what's called like a Choo Choo Rocket shouldn't have died. It's mm. the same kind of thing. It's mm. just like they just ruined these ports and it just let a franchise die forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, Choo Choo mm. Rocket's on Apple Arcade, so uh, check that out, I guess. But uh, I, I, I feel like same. Super Monkey Ball kind of really found its footing on the Wii. Like that's where it thrived because you. Suddenly, the level tilting controls could just be mapped onto one of the Wii remotes, and you could just tilt that like the level. Yeah, but it was hard as shit, and oh, yeah, I would totally. just go right back to using a controller. Cause, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those few games I'm looking at, like, yeah, Sega released a sequel in less than a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you can like with this game. Hero. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple game. It's it's like um, Katamari levels of simplicity, and because even like the graphic design is very cartoony. Oh, yeah. Not they're not doing a ton of like polygons in there or anything. So yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll never forget Monkey Ball. I remember Brett did like a, a, a Jesus, I forgot the name of the show. I'm so old. Uh, what's what's the VGM VG Empire? VG Empire. Yes, <laughs> and the Monkey Ball music is also part of its charm, and it just like it reminds me of like the waning dominance of these colorful Japanese games that are just levels designed to hover in a fake desert. I miss it. I, I love those uh, Dude, as someone who has played through the entire Yakuza series this year, I've loved seeing that, like, oh, God, yes. Like, because it's, it's very prominent in the Sega arcades in those games. Like, they're all over the place as mascots and in, and in the, I was talking about the UFO machines, and so I'm like, oh, God, yeah, Sega was really into Super Monkey Ball for several years. Well, like, it's I look, wild. It, what Yakuza took from that is like the best parts. That's literally the best parts of uh, Shinmu, a game that I really hate that I used to love. But like that, that was the cool part of Shinmu, being able to see those little games. The fact that Yakuza is doing that with these games now is very important. It's what's like the charm of those games. Like Sega loves their history. Just, just yeah. like and and it's like not even like their own games. It's not even the playable stuff. It's like they will be on posters in the Sega right. arcade, like being like, "Hey, no smoking!" And it's like Sonic pointing at you. And then there's yeah, one of the monkeys from Monkey Ball, like you know, Gon Gon or whatever. I don't know. I don't know their names. I I and that's Gon the Gon. That's, yes, yes. I, Gon Gon, I, I, Mimi, and Baby. Mimi, were the original four. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually looking at the list of characters on Wikipedia right now. The playable characters of the whole series are. I, I, Mimi, Baby, Gon Gon, Yen Yen, Dr. Jam, Jet, C, I, I, W, Mimi, A, Baby, F, Gon Gon, P, Yen Yen, R, Dr., N, Jam, and B, Jet. Dude, are you a mumble rapper? This guy has bars, <laughs> TL. Just sign this guy. I'm just saying, Jam and Jet, like, they're, those are fucking, like, Jet Set Radio references right jet there. Jet Set Radio. <laughs> yep. Oh. God, I love Jet Set Radio so much. I know. Oh shit! That reminds me. There's like downloadable stuff for Sega's anniversary uh, this week for Ooh. for the Yakuza Studio. Check that out. All right. Um, yeah, but on that note, we should move on to number two. Let's get it on. You know, if you just like relax, the music will be a lot easier to take. You're looking at a winner, baby. Just remember they call Mister Round here. <laughs> 
one step ahead of the game. Yes! Got Would it surprise you to know this game was developed by EA Canada? This, oh man! Uh, under under the heading of EA Big, mm-hmm. the the greatest game sports game EA sports die. Big. I God, I loved EA Sports Big, Big so much. Uh, this yeah, is SSX. Big was great. Uh, yes, the the greatest snowboarding video SSX, game of all time. Snowboard oh. Supercross, which was the secret best game of the PS2's launch lineup. Because yep. yeah, the 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 games came, PS2 came out. And everybody was like, well, what's good to play on this thing? Like, Dynasty Warriors 2, that looks really cool, but it kind of mm-hmm. wears out its welcome. Fantavision, that's a neat idea, but do you really want to play a game about fireworks? And then, yeah, the critics came out and said, like, no, if you buy one game, buy SSX. And I was skeptical, yeah. because, like, do I... Snowboarding, really? And then, yes, it's wonderful. And actually, yeah, listening to that intro and that silly, like, one step ahead of the game song, yeah. like... It made me emotional. It's like I haven't heard this in like, you know, nineteen years. But like yeah. I played this so much. I played the shit out of this game. I, I still own my David Arquette SSX Tricky action figure. I got it at Toy Liquid. Oh my god! I can't and, tell you how many times that that Tricky is burned into my head from that game. Um, but SSX was delicious. It was like. It took the worst Tony Hawk level and made an entire great game out of yes. it. Yes. And I'm, I don't really understand how that worked. I guess it's just the nature of snow. It was a little easier to bail out or not perfectly align a trick and keep on going. Yeah. And unlike Downhill Jam, the level in Tony Hawk, there's all these branching fucking pathways and weird rails to hit in between Christmas trees in the mm-hmm. middle of the air and just fuck it. It treated itself... Unlike Tony Hawk, like Tony Hawk was grounded, this treated itself like a '90s arcade racing game. There's fucking yeah. hot air balloons and fireworks everywhere. Oh yeah, it's delicious. Well, because because snowboarding and, games up until this point had been very clunky. Like remember, like even like 1080 degrees snowboarding on N64 or snowboard kids and shit like that. It's just like it didn't feel good. And this game was so fucking fast. Like that, mm. you, you talk about like the title be standing for like super snowboarding cross. Snowboard supercross. Thank you. Um, is like oh yeah it was me- it started as a racing snowboard game eventually it evolved into this like super trick fest like you could always do tricks but yeah they were kind of the side well, e- show even in the first game like the tricks were insane like you're doing like these multiple revolutions rotating yeah. in air spinning and it gave you constant positive feedback it's unbelievable unbelievable so the announcer would like call out what tricks you'd done and and it would be like all these big sounds and it just made you feel like i'm doing awesome shit all the time yeah yeah and and i noticed something about this researching that i never noticed for 19 years and it, it that it does one little trick with the sound whenever you get big air It's like the game holds its breath for a second. You go off a ramp and all of a sudden the music gets really quiet and the ambient noise gets louder. And Mm -hmm. it's just like there's this moment when you're you and the game are both holding your breath to see if you're going to land the trick. And then you do and everything just roars back to life. And that that is such a cool touch. The game was so it was so good. I remember. So my mom, we had gotten my mom was always like. An early adopter, because uh, my mom used to play video. 
adopt, right? So and we got adopted. Uh, <laughs> we got the N64. <laughs> we got the N64 day one. We got the PlayStation day one. Like we were always early adopters, but she was very much like I don't like. We just got it. We just got Dreamcast. We don't need to get. You know, we don't need to get a PS2. Yeah, Dreamcast remember, plus a hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> she just didn't want to get another system. And I remember telling her, I was like, you need to see this game. And I showed it to her. She was like, man, that's really great. Too bad I'm not buying a PlayStation 2. So, like, <laughs> it would just, like, it was hot me. Every time I'd see this game, it'd be, like, over a friend's house. And, like, she's like, oh, man, this game is great. It's like, I know. I want it so bad. Yeah, this is, this is also, as I, my newly, adu- newly minted adulthood memories, um... This is the first game I can remember having a curl over at my house and completely ignoring her. Just sorry. <laughs> this is SSX, dog. Sorry, <laughs> I have to play while. this. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And just, I, I yeah, I followed, I played the first three games, love them. And then it's weird to think about. Like, it just jumps over to the Wii and kind of loses its soul and then never regains its traction yeah. as a franchise. Well, even yeah. the the sequel things are beginning to get a little bit silly. SSX True. tricky with like, we got David Arquette. And that fucking song that's going to play over and over again. Tricky was, was Tricky awesome. was good, though. I think Tricky, in terms of gameplay, might have been the yeah, peak really of the great. series. I mean, because I don't think... I felt like they didn't want to call it SSX2 because a lot of that shit was the same assets in some of the same levels. Mm. Whereas 3 was like a complete reapproach to the game. Yeah. And, mm. and yeah, I, I bummed out. I never played the re, the remake? The reboot? It's I bought it, though. Game. I bought yeah, it, though. It, it's it's fine. It was it was okay. Like it, it was it was trying to be more open world, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it. Like, I the thing is with that re, the the remake or the reboot. It's like it. What sucked about it was like Steep is a better version of that. Hmm. Like Steep is like not yes. to be again would be uh, you know centric, but Steep is like what I think about as like the lineage line. The SSX remake is kind of a little bit more steep than SSX, and that's what's eh. kind of like a bummer. I don't know. I mean, SSX, I think, is a bit more arcadey than steep. But yeah, it, for some reason, it just wasn't as fun to play through that remake as the previous SSX games. Like, maybe they were trying to get away. It could have been them losing the big label. Like, dude, I really... I'm, I'm sure there's so many verbal histories of what happened to EA Sports Big, but like when they shuttered that label, I'm like... There are so many good franchises that I would pay you so much. Like, fucking give me just, an M- NBA Street. Give oh me. Oh my god! NBA. I want to. I, I want to hear Barbito. Bar, uh, uh, I want to hear Barbito Garcia just like doing these like commentaries. Like the the NFL Street games were so much fun. Like to the point where like when they tried to do these games again and not use like EA big like studios, like it just yeah. it, they didn't feel as they, fun. They weren't as fun. They weren't. No, and I, I think p- part of the e, the SSX reboot was like missing that. Well, whoever was managing the the big brand was like, no, this is this is what we have to do because uh, people don't want to play the simulation games. They they want to play these fucking outrageous games, That's and, it, and they want to hear a cool announcer narrate stuff. Sonic Mediums provided by the sounds of Cross Out. Was that was that the pinball level? I could have sworn I heard pinball. No, <laughs> it's just very. Do you remember the? Do you remember there was a pinball level that was basically like you're in this giant pinball machine that would like fans that would blow you up to the top I of that. Know, oh, but great. that sounds cool. Oh yeah, that's a sex baby. Yeah, 
SSX. Good for snowboard supercross originally, but that was used so seldom that I think the the reboots said that like mm-hmm. now it's snowboarding, surf, and motocross. But I don't oh God. Know. was was there any surfing or motocross in that? Not game? that I remember. Uh, no. The I only surfing game I remember was Kelly Slater Pro Surf. Yes, yeah, where you get chased uh, by was... a shark every so often. There's a couple others. There was a Transworld Surf. That's well. that might be the one I'm thinking of, where the sharks would just show up and. Transworld Surf was the one where you could board. surf inside the at San Francisco Bay. There was like a Half Moon Bay level, and then there was oh, like wow. yeah, near near the bridge. But anyway. I digress. Anyway, we should move on and wrap this up. So, you want to talk about one game that defined the Dreamcast launch on nine nine ninety nine? You probably want to mm-hmm. talk about. Sonic Adventure. But that's not what this game is. What is this game? Soul Calibur. Yes. Soul Calibur. This was the uh, real star of the Dreamcast launch lineup. Yeah. So it it was a game I didn't even realize like so I played Soul Edge on the PlayStation. Yes. yes. And Same. like and I just Same. remember playing it and being like, Oh, this is a neat game. And oh, I then loved Soul it. Calibur I loved coming it. out and it was just like changed everything. And I was like What? Soul Calibur like I have a lot of fondness for the Dreamcast, and a lot of people who are younger than me always like, I think you guys are just overblowing the Dreamcast. It's like, but you have to think about it. You have a launch of of this game, of Power Stone, of Sonic Adventure. And like, these are like like games that are just like tremendous. Yeah, Pin Pin Triangle. Who are those people? Send those people my way. Those people are wrong, by the way, and are probably <laughs> bad well, people, and they shouldn't be your wrong. friends. The, the thing is, like, you 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 can't appreciate the Dreamcast entirely in retrospect. If you're used to, like, yeah. 360, Xbox One, PS4 visuals, whatever, you're not going to appreciate the Dreamcast as much, but if you were coming from PS1 and N64, and you saw these games that looked a lot like those other games, but with much higher res textures... Yeah. Yes, and, yeah. and much shinier lighting effects. It's like, wow, this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. this is uh, this, I think, revitalized our little fighting game community in a way that none of the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's had done. And mm-hmm. I, I, again, my adult memory is, oh shit, John just got a new. He just moved out, got his own place. He's one of three people I know, and he lives across the street from the community college I'm supposed to go to every day. Guess what, Bebe chose. Getting better at Soul Calibur. Getting better at <laughs> Soul Calibur. Calibur. <laughs> and and yes. I, I think one of the most uh, I'm I'm never going to be that great at competitive fighting games, but I loved its like adventure mode. Yeah, it's, it's yes. nothing. It's nothing like Toe Ball. It's just like here's a bunch of different thing. It, it feels like a bunch of different missions to do with. It's different... called mission. Yeah, the mission mode. It, yeah. It's it's yeah. basically like their version of a campaign. Like you you have to read this like long text description before each match like mm-hmm. that's in this like world and, map and, and now then go it's just fight like, three different colored lizard men or whatever it was yeah yeah, yeah. or sometimes <laughs> the other fighters occasionally yeah, yeah, yeah. too you know? um but the, the interesting thing about this was so this followed up uh soul edge slash soul blade mm-hmm. which had one of the best pre-rendered intros on playstation one yeah. with a an incredibly catchy song uh and it, it followed that up with something that I at the time did not think was that impressive because it's like, it's just the, the game graphics and panning over shots of the characters. There isn't the same cool song, but the fact that it was doing that all in real time 
is really cool. Mm-hmm. And also you could t- tinker with the, the intro, I think to change the characters that were shown. Um, oh. I, I forget exactly what you could do with it, but you could have some control over that. I knew more about because this like obliterated whatever Soul Edge was. Yeah, Soul Cal- well, it's it the is, sequel to Soul Calibur, the... Soul Calibur Two, not Soul Edge Three. Well, the thing is, so in the lore of Soul mm-hmm. Calibur, the reason why that Soul Calibur is supposed to Soul oh, Edge, the Soul Edge takes over Siegfried's body, makes him nightmare. The Soul Calibur is the counter to the Soul Edge. That's why they continue, because everyone's mm-hmm. going after the Soul Calibur, as opposed to the Soul Edge, which Cervantes went to get in Soul Edge. This mm-hmm. is why I'm here. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I do remember there was lore, yes. I do <laughs> tell me, tell me why it's one word and sometimes in our captain, sometimes not. Or it's sometimes supposed to be two words. words. It is a Soul Calibur. <laughs> like yeah. it's I, I, I thought it was like Soul Calibur, like Excalibur. Because a Calibur uh, is I not think a it thing. might be. Not, yeah. not B-U-R. But... That's a cool name, though. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was always wondering, like, why this exclusively came to Dreamcast, and it was like, because you know, Dreamcast got a lot of ports of the the Sega Naomi arcade board architecture, whereas this was a Namco game, and I was just kind of wondering, like, I guess I was looking this up. This is this was on yeah, System was Twelve awesome. architecture. Was Namco System Twelve architecture probably pretty close to Naomi architecture? So I, this would be probably a better question for like Adam, but what I think because like this was not the only like really good port of an arcade game. Like, I'm thinking of Marvel's Capcom 2. Like, if you want mm-hmm. to play that game that's arcade perfect, it is on the Dreamcast. Yeah. I just think the guts for the Dreamcast worked itself really well with arcade transitions, which is why you saw a lot of, like... Like, the Dreamcast, like, low-key was the fighting game system. because you oh, had yeah. Well, because it was based yeah, on... The, my, my guess is because it's based on Naomi, which was an arcade right. architecture, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like I think... But, like, what you're saying, like, I even though it's a different, like, architecture for the for Soul Calibur, I just think it it may have been close enough where it just made sense to put it there. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to waiting for the PlayStation 2. But this was I, such I think, a killer app for the... It, it, I mean, it got me, obviously, interested... I, I remember... I. I didn't own Soul Edge, but I like what made me want to buy a PlayStation was Soul Edge, like going to a friend's house and mm-hmm. seeing him play that game. And then basically it was a hold move and seeing the camera rotate around the fighters in 3D as they were doing like a throw. And I'm like, oh, shit, you can do that in 3D games now. Like this is this is insane. And I'm like, OK, I got to get a PlayStation. And then I, you know, fell in love with that through things like Final Fantasy seven or whatever. But then like. When Dreamcast came out, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember that fighting game. And then you get Soul Calibur, and you're like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. And they can they can run in eight directions. It, like, you know, it was it was. And then like, then we got Soul Calibur two, where it was like, you can play as Link in, in Soul Calibur now. And it's like that that franchise just peaked probably by two or three, right? And then hasn't been the same ever since. I mean, it did uh, five have is good. Yeah, five is yeah, good. Yeah, five had Ezio. And it, it, uh, it became increasingly defined yeah. by its guest characters. I think it's, beginning in 2, it had Link and Spawn and Heihachi. Heihachi and, yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, th- uh, 3 was the Star Wars characters. Uh, right. Yeah, Vader and Yoda and Starkiller. Yeah, oh, God, Vader, Starkiller. Yeah, Vader, was, <laughs> Vader was on P- PlayStation. Yeah. Unlocked automatically, and then Yoda was on the Xbox 360. Or no, no, no that, that was a... four. PS uh, three was the PS two exclusive one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Three, one I think a... three is the Creator Creator Fighter one. Oh shit! It had a Creator Fighter. That's I right. forgot about that. People are making like fucking Galactuses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, uh, this one is like uh, 
What's her nuts from uh, Near Automata with Geralt? Oh, um, uh, 2B. 2B. 2B is in 7, yeah. Oh, is in the Final Fantasy 15 kids? Noctis? I think Noctis is in there, yeah. Noctis? I cannot remember. But, But, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's what, like, these games became, like, almost like the fighting game Smash Brothers, right? Like, it's where Tekken is now. I think it was just Namco's deal. It's like, they're like, we'll just get guest characters. That'd be kind of cool to be able to go in. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Namco did that with, like, Geese Howard is in Tekken. Yep. Which is like nuts to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like these games were these games were really cool. Like especially like when you come from because this was the only Namco like like because they didn't bring Tekken over to Dreamcast, right? And like no. it no. was really weird to see. Like it was really weird to see Yoshi Yoshimitsu. Like I see a character, I knew who it is. Like from the start. So this is like this was one that I. I got a Dreamcast because I told my mom, yeah. I was like, hey, Soul Calibur. And my dad at the time, like, me and him would used to go to the arcade and we would play fighting games. Like, Soul Calibur, it's a new fighting game. We should totally get it. And that was, like, the thing me and my dad and my mom and my sister played, like, when we got yeah. it on nine nine ninety nine. And you went uh, around yes. Soul Calibur. telling each other, welcome back to the stage of history. <laughs> That might be my favorite, that welcome to the stage of history thing that started in Soul oh, yeah. Blade. Yeah. It, uh, there was also like a little bit of DNA in here, um, especially with the eight-way run and the mission mode with Bushido Blade to me, just because I remember like free running a lot more around the playing field than like a Tekken or a Street no. Fighter would ever let you do. No, you, know? you didn't, I you would didn't say, really <laughs> free run around. You could, you could, you could dodge. No, no, no. Like you would, there was a, a mechanic in those mission modes where you could like knock dudes off platforms and shit like that and it, it kind of gave it that bushido blade feels like yeah i can end this fight way earlier than i need to if to i need to ring out correctly to me the ring outs always just remind me of virtual fighter yeah like was it two that had the the like the tiered level geometry where it wasn't just flat arenas anymore you could actually like jump up on platforms and things yeah yeah i think so yeah two was the first one like that was actually the first fighting game tournament i went into got oh, third place as wow. well oh wow uh and i was i predominantly trained in gamecube and then we went to tournaments like oh this is all in on playstation which yeah. <laughs> is a difference like, why would you monsters not want to play as link come on <laughs> that was literally my buddy who i trained with like that was his main was link and they're uh, like oh yeah we play one on uh, PlayStation, it's like, oh, great. Oh, I Ooh, guess I'll awesome. learn Heihachi. Mm. Yeah. Cool thing was, I won uh, a Fatal Fury hat out of it. Yeah. So that Congrats. was pretty great. <laughs> this was also an era where, like, weapon fighting games were really kind of a big thing. Like, up until this point, it had always been hand-to-hand. And it was, like, even Mortal Kombat at the time, I think, what with Deadly Alliance, was like, yeah, we have weapons now. We're just going to well, beat they, the they shit out of each other's swords. Four. <laughs> Like, yeah, Sub Zero's gonna pull out his ice axe now and throw it. And... No, but I mean, remember Deadly Alliance was like, "This is your weapon stance. You will hold well, your no, weapon the yeah, entire yeah. game." I, I think for everybody had a weapon. Yeah, Deadly Alliance was everybody had different stances, but mm-hmm. one of your stances was a weapon. As mm-hmm. well. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, man, am I glad they got rid of that. <laughs> I wish they go back and redo all of those shitty cutscenes from Mortal Kombat Four. And mm-hmm. they just put them in at the end of the, the new Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, I think great. I think fans have, have redone some of those with like the newer engine stuff. <laughs> Drax, no, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Give me Jarrett get thrown off a mountain and then throwing Jacks off a mountain yeah. and then get thrown off a mountain again. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. What a stupid fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our top five third party launch games. You may disagree, but tough. It's our show. So, um, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a bunch of new releases and some other stuff. So, stay tuned. We all need to shine on to see. Get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse and 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And what did we decide, Baker? Did Totally totally Rad actually come out? Don't think so. But okay. if it did, it was on my birthday. I turned 14 that day. Happy birthday, and I guess that's Baker! Totally rad. It was Magical John in Japan. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a toilet accessory. It was also They were also cartoon characters in Japan, and for America, they were California surfer dudes uh-huh. who looked real, like, in the cutscenes. And it's just like, yeah, that's everything that's wrong with America. Because instead of just accepting these amazingly designed characters, like, no, 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 we want to be kids to be able to see themselves in well, who are kids? And everything we watched had like a, yo, bro, let's party. Uh, we're all Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, no, we're fucking not. Some of us are quiet How did that become so ubiquitous that everyone was a fucking surfer yes. in the 80s, even if I, they lived in, like, Illinois? Some of us aren't even white. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And welcome back to our final segment where we've got a lot to talk about, so let's just hurry up and push this button already and not make stupid jokes about it that belabor the point and make the podcast He's take a lot oh. longer. Watch next week. He's going to hold it up in court so he can do that bit longer. Yep, yep, yep. Four more years. Um, well, one, one thing <laughs> I wanted to address really quick and kind of clear the air about. So we got a review that you brought to my attention, Matt. And I don't want to call this person out um, because they raised some valid points. And uh, say, I used to really enjoy this show, but in recent years it feels like the hosts are coasting. Fair. Uh, My main gripe is that for about half the games talked about in the news, it's very clear the hosts don't know anything about the game. They either have little to say or worse, get facts wrong. For games journalists, this is shocking. If you don't know the basics about a game, you should either research it first or not talk about it. Funny how the exception here is every Ubisoft game, which the host will talk about at length and in great detail. Okay, that last one. There is a reason for that. Yes. Uh, I work for Ubisoft, and so we are able to get the games early and for free. 
and uh, spend a lot of time with them and and play them. Uh, full disclosure, a lot of these. First off, we are not games journalists, and I'm well, not saying like none of us are games journalists. Game journalist on this no call. one, no one on this show regularly has been a games journalist, even remotely since yeah. like 2013, 20, 2015, yeah. 16 for me. It, it I. I don't know how many times I feel like I say it too much. I work in marketing in mm. the games industry. I our unique hook, in case you didn't know about our podcast, we are current or former industry yeah. insiders. We know how the games industry yeah. works. No, there's no other podcasts out there that do that. But we don't claim to be games journalists. Yeah, we're, we're fans. Well, and, oh, and, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss it because I, I understand the frustration here. If you're listening, and, and we if we get things wrong, I'm sorry. That's totally on us. But bear in mind, when we talk about a lot of these games, uh, we record this show on Wednesdays, uh, so we are kind of relying on, did these games come out on Tuesday or Monday? Did we have time they, to play which, them? Uh, which they did 400 episodes yeah. ago. Games only came out on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we pay for them out of pocket. Uh, we, we don't get these for free. We don't get them early. We're a dinky-ass little podcast. Uh, we don't merit that kind of attention from most publishers. So... I, I did want to clear the air about that a little bit. Again, um, I, I thank you for for that criticism. That that is always helpful. But uh, yeah, just wanted to. I say clarify. let it go. I, I, behind the scenes, I've advocated for years. Like I cannot afford to play any every new release at all. And some, yeah. Michael and Matt occasionally <laughs> still try, and I'm like, I am not going to try. I not only yeah. don't have the money, I don't have the interest in doing that. Well, and, and the thing is, like as like. These podcasts, podcasts like this, it's mm -hmm. the conversations. And sometimes not every – even when you look up I'm, – I'm trying to think of just like of general podcasts that have games journalists because, again, a game journalist isn't going to play every video game. Like yeah. we're going to talk about Yakuza. Yakuza is like a long get into, like startup game. You won't have time to play Yakuza and also play every other game that's come out you know, in this time period in this span. Yeah. It, but sometimes these things happen, and like it sucks that every minutia in a game can't be covered correctly. Mm -hmm. But like it's just a conversation that people are having, and conversations get wrong, and you address it. Like, oh hey, I was wrong about that. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. I'll move forward. But I want to make it clear with the the new releases. Like my approach to it is like I try to get some first hand experience with this stuff as much as possible. Like play everything for at least an hour. So I can at least talk a little bit about what it is, how it plays, what the experience is like. I'm not trying to deliver reviews or anything. Right. We're, we're very much like and I think that look. process is insane, and I can't believe Michael still does it. And if you're not writing reviews thanking him for bothering to do that, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not looking for praise, man. I, I'm just – I'm praising you for it right now. I, like, it's professionalism that's not required on a thing like no, this. No, I mean, do. I'm not it's looking just... for praise from the audience. That's but, fine. But, but, but you do it because, like – that's we we've done something like that for over ten years of our life, yeah. And and, and we, we, we grew stop. up in an environment. We grew up in an environment where we could play every game. I've given that up a long time ago, regardless <laughs> well, of where I, I'm I working. I think we're and actually pretty honest when we are not interested in playing a game. We'll say that on the show. Like, yeah, right. this came out. We're not going to play it, and then we move on. Like, if you're if you're coming to us as your sole source of information oh, on don't. games, there's so many better podcasts do for that. that. Yes, behind right. the scenes, I stay quiet. I'm not coasting. I stay quiet during the new release segment because Michael and Matt have things to mm. say, and all I can do is add funny but i don't have anything planned so like that's, i just like by the way that's the last area i take exception on 
no one's coasting on this podcast. Michael and I put <laughs> many hours into this show every week, and so I do take offense to that comment. So yeah, uh, I'm coasting. Me, just only me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to spend criticism. too long on that, but it's like, well, I love you it. know, where there's where there's one comment, there's probably other people with the same sentiment. So I just wanted to address that very briefly, but. Um, Partly because we've got, uh, in in the midst of all this stuff we have to talk about, is a Ubisoft game that uh, I have a lot to say about, which is mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which came out right, this right week. Right after on... addressing that criticism, here we go. Yeah, well, no, I, I think <laughs> I've cleared, I've, I've tried to clear the air about it a little bit, right, but again, we got this early in for free, um, and I... Love it. It is a big, sprawling, open-world Viking RPG. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is very pretty. Starts out in Norway, then goes to 9th century England, where you build a settlement, and you're you're kind of given free reign. Like, you're you're, you're told, like, uh, you can go here or here for your first set of missions. And what I think is interesting about this, one of my co-workers, uh, Yusuf McGee, interviewed the... Uh, the narrative director, head writer, uh, Darby McDevitt, and uh, that this is actually sort of a storytelling shift for Assassin's Creed and that, like, instead of one overarching storyline that you're following, there are a bunch of smaller, discrete storylines, like each county in England that you're going into uh, to try and make alliances or conquer or whatever has its own self-contained storyline and, you know, you'll meet these characters, you'll hang out with them, and then maybe uh, th- that's pretty much it for a lot of them, and some of them will come back later in the story. Right. But uh, and, and instead of side missions, it's just got these uh, world events, which are these very bite-sized things where, like, you'll see a little glowing dot on the map, and if you walk I, over, you'll see, like, oh, these, these two brothers are arguing uh, over who gets the bigger share of barley sales from their silo. And if you blow up the silo, then like, oh, well, I guess that fixes the problem. I, I cannot believe how how alluring they made those look simply by calling them on the HUD mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I'll that's know, an option, like, isn't it? Because I have, I've set my map so that they're more, like it doesn't give you as much detail, but I haven't played around with the options. I think there is an option where you can just straight up have it, like have all the icons for you. Like, yeah, go here and this this will be here. Michael, is, am I right there? Or is like, because I've only set it on the one they recommend. They're like, no, leave it mysterious so that you don't know until you get to the icon what's going to be at that point on the map. I mean, I, I just know that there's a mystery or a treasure or whatever. Um, yeah, I had a I had a hot take I delivered to the guys earlier. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm Dennis Miller. What kind of Assassin's Creed game doesn't let you assassinate people? <laughs> and Matt and Michael treated me like the dumb fuck that I am like do a fucking mission I'm like I guess I'm busted my wealth meter is halfway full right. I have not done the first mission at all oh, I just geez. didn't I, I I just ran off into the woods and got lost in Assassin's Creediness. But but I told you I made the same mistake and then I went God it's it's really hard to sneak up on these guys and oh yeah I should probably just do the mission oh I got my knife I got my mm-hmm. blade I'm good that thing, mm-hmm. the yeah. thing that has been been at the corner of my screen the entire time go home <laughs> just, go to and your my, home. My favorite thing is like I'm playing. I, there's an option, and I don't know how it works, Michael, Michael, you might be able to explain it. You can either choose to play as a male or a female, or yes. there's a middle option, which is like the game will kind of choose for you depending yeah. on – based on it doesn't tell you what which, it depends on, though. Which signal is stronger, quote-unquote. It's really just kind of like let the story decide. And I'm, I'm not sure, uh, to be honest, if that's randomized or if it's uh, just – 
like the, the it's relevant to the story. Um, I will say I I ended up is it uh, is it based on your previous save data? Maybe I don't think so. But but okay. I did I did set it to that, and for the first several hours of the game, I was female Avor, and uh, it's worth pointing out you can change that at any time. You can, right, and you can. and I switched over to male Avor because well, partly because I really like the actor Magnus Brune, who was in The Last Kingdom uh, as the you know, uh, deuteragonist antagonist, uh, Canute. And, uh, but also because like the way everybody in the world reacts to that character, to Eivor is very like bro And after a while, it, it didn't feel quite right for the female character to me. I mean, your mileage may vary. I think it's, it's very mm. weird and oddly progressive. I did the same thing. I'm like, there's an option, male or female. And just mm-hmm. like, let this let the gods decide. And I'm like, right, let's yeah. let God decides. And I and I wake up and I am I am a lady. Mm-hmm. And when I go talk to people, I'm like, I'm talking to a lady about like her husband's farts. Um, <laughs> just yeah, like, it's like this is either like written for a man or one of the most progressive games I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> it's a bit like Odyssey in that though. It's like you can yeah you you can romance anyone. There's there's a, mm-hmm. one of the early missions you can like find this woman the comb lady yeah. who like hides this but it's, comb. It's also that, and that everybody go, treats you know. every other character the same way. Usually in every Viking thing you've ever seen, like you don't hear from women at all. Yeah, even but, it, not even just the main characters like oh we were so afraid without you that's the kind of dialogue you hear from women in viking shit but the reason i brought it up is i was a, I, I chose that option and i was a woman as well so it must be that first area chooses a woman for you mm-hmm. but when you get your assassin blade they're like and this is how you put it on and like you're the female character for for us at the time she's like no, that's stupid. I'm going to put it on the top of my hand so I don't cut off my fucking finger like you idiots. And I was just like, yeah, dude, like, tell them. I thought that was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. Um, well, Mel Avor does the things. same thing, but on the, on the top of the wrist. It's also because, like, I don't hide. I want everyone to see this coming. Yeah, I'm not going to hide my fucking blade. It's too pretty. Yeah. I'm just saying, in my ga- in my headcanon, it's like, yeah, this female assassin is just like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. Like, like oh, fuck? shit, she figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, I went, I went in cold. This game, having seen like a trailer or two, not read a bunch of coverage. Sorry, Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, and <laughs> and then I uh, I was playing for several hours, and then I said like, oh, PC Gamers review. I forgot to unlike PC Gamer on my Facebook. Uh, not that I would. <laughs> oh. uh, not that I. I love PC Gamer. Sorry, and Tyler. Everybody who works there. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Um, I was just. Jo- I was just a joke, and they not only re- reviewed the game very well for PC mm. Gamer, like in the in the mid nineties, which I don't think they've ever given anything more than like a ninety six. Um, I I could not believe the screenshots I was seeing. There's more. There's oh, yeah. more than this. Holy shit! Because I spent a ton of time running around in the wild. Something about Ubisoft games. I'm now like, do not be the hearted lefty who is afraid to kill animals. Scan it, find his weakness in his balls, and take him down. Yeah, and <laughs> collect those harvest. Yeah, collect the crafting balls. materials. Yeah. You will use I, them. I did like. I, I do like that. That's another new feature. Is that uh, when you're targeting things with the bow, it highlights weak points. The so ha- yeah, you see the heart and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Or yeah. like if an enemy is running toward you with a shield, like their knee might be highlighted. It's like, oh, I can target that with arrows, and it'll stagger yeah. them. So mm-hmm. as as someone who has been playing all of these, just like Michael, I mm-hmm. I'm really loving this too. Um, I loved what Odyssey did where Odyssey was just like superhero Assassin's Creed. Like you're going to jump off mountains and you, you know, this one, it takes it back a little bit, a little more realistic again, back maybe toward the origin style, mm-hmm. uh, a, a tad bit, 
but I've also noticed they've thrown a lot of Witcher 3 in here, especially like there's that, what's that game called where, where you have the dice, the dice game Orlog. that you can, yeah, there's Orlog, which is like, it, it's, uh, you can play it in every settlement you come to, or there's the, uh, the flight, the flighting, we have ah, to flight each there's other. A, there's the widest freestyle <laughs> rap minigame. <laughs> which increases your charisma, because there's like a, there's like an RPG mechanic to this game, there's more of that under the hood. Since you bring up Orlog right after The Witcher, I think it's worth saying, uh, the, the, you should be playing Orlog, because, uh, every player that you beat in the world has a unique game piece. Like yes. a unique god marker that you can the use. Guard, yeah. yeah. Yes. I fucking hate that game. I'll never do that. Um. Oh no, it's dude, it I made the mistake of playing it in one of the the second settlement and not go to the starter settlement because that person's the easiest. I, and I did that's play where you it in a settlement game. I had no business being in, but I was just yeah. running around. Dude, the, the starter settlements, once you learn the game, you're like, oh, there's I, I I slowly picked up the strategy and I'm like, oh shit, this is just like Gwent. Like I'm gonna end up loving Orlog and hmm. like playing I, a lot of Orlog. I caught a little bit of Monster Hunter. I, I played Odyssey for uh, for about fifteen hours, but like I got some Monster Hunter vibes. Um, and again, I, I was playing for like five hours, not knowing I'd ever get a hidden blade. <laughs> I should have gotten it sooner. Um, so the the combat was a little different, but the um, the armor sets is that a new thing for the game no, that, that was in origins and odyssey as well yeah. where you get okay but but the but the runes that you enchant them with those i think are new and, that's new and, yeah, and that that's new. a very monster hunter thing mm. and, and the ability <laughs> to level them up is is done a lot differently than in, mm-hmm. in odyssey you had to like take it to a blacksmith and you had to have a ton of materials whereas this one is just like you can upgrade at any time but then they kind of cap out at certain levels versus yeah. like an odyssey and then you have to take it back to a blacksmith but you have to have the special materials that they need to upgrade it to the next level yeah in odyssey that's where like all your 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 grind currency went is just like you're keeping your armor at your level because you you would progress to like level 50 and then eventually you would out level your armor and you would start getting like common pieces that were way more useful than like your your legendaries unless you upgraded the legendaries whereas this works a little differently where i think it's going to avoid that kind of trap you know and 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 um yeah well, like and just one of my favorite things about it is that like it is a little it's not dark souls not by a long stretch but it is like the combats and in ac has always been a little more rewarding and forgiving but like good time good timing is great yeah you know and and your light attack is mapped to your uh, your right bumper button and your heavy attack is your right trigger button that that's they started that in in origins and yeah they've actually come back it's uh it's i I don't want to call it arcadey it's it's a little easier to pull off some really cool shit in this game with those than even I'm, i'm finally unlocking like hyper dope shit and i love that like the combat is for a little while a little like nasty and real hmm. yeah get to chop off a lot of heads and arms yes but after playing after playing ghost of tsushima i love like nah but your fall damage is essentially godlike from the beginning so feel <laughs> yeah. free to take any leaps of faith that you want because like you will survive completely unsurvivable falls and it's just one of those things like i hate when people add this realistic element to things and make me hmm. slower i hmm. love being able to, like i know exactly now how much damage i can take from like a 50 foot fall and keep on going hmm. That, that's another thing. It takes a while to unlock the leaps of faith. Uh, you you have yes. to do it at the settlement. Um, so for the first part of the game, like you'll be climbing these peaks, and it's like, oh, I, 
you you can either climb down or if there's like a pool of water below then if you aim it you can you can do like a controlled fall into the water i found myself bashfully backing down from peaks <laughs> so that. many times it's so embarrassing you're just like oh okay die. i take i take very careful note of when the save icon occurs and there's a i think a, a quick save option as well and um, I will I will not bashfully climb down a fucking mountain I spent the last five minutes climbing. I will jump down if I lose all of even if I lose all of my fucking. Health. And th- this is from Odyssey, by the way, too. Is is there's definitely some DNA. I mean, Assassin's Creed games have always been about climbing shit, mm-hmm. but they they learn some stuff from Breath of the Wild. Even like, hey, you can climb any mountain anywhere. You don't need to look for those footholds like you used to have to mm-hmm. in AC. And so that if you are like wanting to scratch that itch of like, hey, go climb that mountain, see what's over there. That's that's in this a lot, you know. It's really Can't neat. Do it. And um, since this is new console launch week, I also want to point out. So AC Valhalla is coming out on or is out now. By the time you hear this, on not only Xbox Series X and S, but also uh, PlayStation Five. And yeah. the coolest, one of the coolest things about this, in, in addition to you will get smart delivery. So if you want to put off a console purchase, you buy it now for Xbox One or PlayStation 4, you will get a free upgrade when you upgrade to the new console. Which it, not everyone's doing. Not yeah, every Some people are charging $10 extra yeah, for their, yeah. <laughs> their version. But but if you if you have the current gen versions and you get a, a new Xbox or whatever, and it, it will ask you like, oh, you, you go to start it up and it's like, hey, you, you can get a free upgrade to this. Do you want an upgrade? And then you hit upgrade and it'll download a new file. Um, but also cross progression, and this is huge because uh, with Ubisoft Connect, it it'll do like a cloud save thing where you can play for a while on Xbox, and if you decide like, well that was fun, but I want to play it on Stadia or PlayStation Five or PC for whatever reason, uh, you can just pick up and start playing your your Xbox game on the another platform. Like that's pretty nuts because that's, yeah. that's 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 a that's a Ubisoft feature, though, right? Yeah. Ubi Connect. Yeah, Ubisoft Connect. You link your different accounts to it, and then it will have cloud saves that you can use across any platform. It's a cool feature. I just don't know how many people, yeah, other than game journalists or industry people, I, I mean, guess, me. would use that feature. <laughs> For someone like me who has multiple free copies, yes, that I'm very close to a regular person uh, <laughs> in this equation. Except that I am getting my PS5 soon, and I. I don't have to consider that. Like my save will go over to the PS5. I could play the next gen version, mm-hmm. right? Which which they weren't even going to do with Spider Man. They just had they just had to confirm that Spider Man can do that because remember the backlash after they'd announced it wouldn't come mm. forward. I, I think Sony themselves were like, "Oh yeah, we should do that." Yeah, so. we should probably do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another uh, another game you get with smart delivery or, or automatically get the upgrade on is uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> which so we've my, played some. Now hold 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 the phone here. Is I just want to know is this a good entry point for people into Yakuza? I mean, it is. Well, this is completely different from every other Yakuza game. It has a new yeah. main character, and I like that there's a double entendre in it using the Japanese title because Yakuza yeah. in Japan is known as Ryuga Gotoku or Like a Dragon, yes. and so this is. It, this is uh, Ryuga Gotoku 7 in Japan. Here it's Yakuza Like a Dragon. And the dragon also plays into the main character is obsessed with Dragon Quest. And the idea is it's it's a turn-based battle system now instead of the traditional brawling because you're seeing things the way that he sees the world. 
And it's it's yes. always like, yeah, no, I, I, I just think about the battle system when I fight people. It's like, is that why you always let people get hits in? It's like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> let me let me uh, crack the knuckles. Please and go do. On. So in addition to that, yeah, this is – so Chris, you asked, is this a good entry point? This is sort of a – I mean – I think I'll it's a relaunch of the, the I think I think <laughs> no. it's a relaunch of the series because you have this new protagonist but it's this is almost like a spin-off in that this is a, an, an RPG. Like the other games were brawlers with the occasional RPG element like there was a skill tree. But one of the one of the things that eventually all of the games it it, it happens toward the end of every Yakuza game is you just get so tired of the combat cuz it's very repetitive. It's like very like okay, this guy's going to attack me to the point where they have items in the game that are like yeah, don't attack me when I run around the world. Just let me get my shit done, right? Whereas this game is just like, okay, we hear you. It's been the same combat system for several games now. We are now doing turn-based combat. But in addition to that, there is like stats. Like you can, depending on how you handle situations in the world, it will affect your character stats. And like I got my kindness upgraded for, for doing a certain thing in a quest, you know? So that's all new. So this this is very RPG. There's gear, in this game, like the, the other Yakuza's had gear, but it was all kind of just floating in your inventory. Like the menus, every the menus in this game feel more like an RPG. Like it, it is. It's we were talking about like how can they do this and not get sued? Like they are more than inspired by Dragon Quest. It's it's just like oh okay, this is like combining Yakuza with Dragon Quest. Like cool. Like there's parties. You have a party with mm-hmm. these turn-based combat systems that it's it's wild dude yeah. like it's yeah and I, and I also like um it does like the the time skip thing that i think the first yakuza did also where like you start out playing in 1999 on new year's eve and uh, uh 2000 to 2001 2000 yeah. to, oh okay sorry i made a mistake uh, but yeah 2000 to 2001 uh and then uh something happens and the story picks up again in 2019 yes uh, and by the way these Yakuza characters, the main characters, never age. <laughs> like, Kiryu Kazuma looks exactly like he did in the 80s, almost slightly craggier. Um, yes. But th- this guy, uh, Ichiban Kasuga, still looks like he's in his 20s when he's in his 40s. Yeah, his hair is just a bit more frazzled. Yeah. yeah. The, the only thing with, with Kiryu is he always has that scowl, and so he has these really deep... His scowl lines get deeper as the series went on, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. No, it's... um. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of a few Yakuza games have done that of like, hey, you're going to start five to ten years before the actual events of this game. Um, and it's we were we were kind of joking. It's a very Yakuza intro because it's it's about what would you say, Michael? Two hours, something uh, like that. two hours of cinematics. What? Like there, but it's one of those deals. It's very much like a Kojima game. It's like we understand you. We really don't want you to sit for two hours without ever doing anything. So we'll let you. We'll let you control your character about five to ten minutes of that two it's, hours. It's a little like, more than that, but it, it really, like, there, there's some wandering around at the beginning. You can, you know, go to Club Sega like you always do, and you're, you're doing collections. You're getting into a few fights. Um, yes. But it really is kind of just going, like, from one cutscene to the next and introducing all the characters. And then after a while, yeah. it's like, here's half an, uh, half an hour of cutscenes, roughly. There's a couple points in there where they, they open up the first map, which is Camarocho, mm-hmm. which is actually compared to the rest of the game, a very, very small section to the point where I'm like, 
you know, Kamarocho should look prettier than this. Yeah. But I guess it's because they, most of their time is spent on the bigger map. I mean, it is it is difficult to go to this after playing Judgment, which is a very pretty, highly interactive version of Kamarocho. And, yes, and now it's just like, now it feels more like it did in Yakuza 5 or... Zero. Right, and not not even in Kiwami one or two. It's mm-hmm. it's wild. It's it's kind of Kamarocho is a step back, but it's like um, they let you wander, but there's not that many opportunities to get money. So there's actually not much you can do other than walk around the streets and pick a couple fights, and then yeah, yeah. maybe play a few arcade games. And it's like okay, well, I better go. Are you, I was going to ask, are you guys playing in English or in Japanese? Uh, um, not at all. Yeah, in English okay. because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's rare that they put the money into a dub job for a Yakuza game, and I feel like they really did a top-notch job here. They've got George Takei, uh, they've got, um, I forget oh, wow. his name, but the guy who played uh, Wei Shen in Sleeping Dogs. Right. Uh, it's mm. it's like a, a cast of really stellar Asian-American actors. And Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. doesn't Takei do the Japanese as well? Like no. He does that... Oh, he doesn't. He just it's, does. It's, it's a different actor in Japanese. Oh. Although he does speak but, Japanese, he could conceivably do it, but... His character is so cool too. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's like the family boss, and he's uh, he's basically Arakawa the father the figure. Assassin. Yes. Wow. Oh my! I'm the coolest um, person in this game. He's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, and the the intro starts with him as a kid, right? It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You don't even realize it's me. I'm loving it more, more, more. <laughs> I want more. To <laughs> it's oh, it's uh, it's still Yakuza. But it's very refreshing because it has a lot of new, new cool stuff to Yakuza. It, mm-hmm. it will feel weird if you if you're used to Yakuza combat where you're like, I'm not going to get hit once during this fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, you can't avoid getting hit in the turn based stuff. You can block and you can perfect time your blocks, but that just kind of reduces your damage. It's it is a weird sensation, and they they address it with the dialogue. Like, oh, by the way, Ichiban, you're a masochist. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, you enjoy getting hit. Mm-hmm. He's like, I I guess I suppose you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... But it's it's all about he feels more like a hero that way because it's like, well, you right. got to let them get in a few punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's um. They do enough new and different stuff to to change the formula up, which which you need, you know. And so it's like, cool. I can't I can't wait to keep playing this. Although I didn't accomplish my goal, I'm midway through five. I think I'm going to pause like a dragon, go back and finish five and six, and then probably go back to this one because mm. it's uh, yeah. maybe maybe by then I'll have an Xbox Series X. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but like I, I feel like you could kind of extrapolate on seeing the world through through his eyes, like because not only do you have these Dragon Quest battles, but he's obsessed with this idea that like I'm a hero, a Yakuza should be a hero. It's like you are a <laughs> low level enforcer for a shitty mafia family, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, and and you were raised in a brothel, uh, you suffered all kinds of abuse. And uh, like I'm, I'm glad you can see your life in such positive light. What's it called? It's not a broad. They call it a soap something. Soap land. Soap, soap land. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's a bathhouse. It's yeah, a, it's a, a, a quote unquote bathhouse. Yes, that is yeah. commonly understood. It's like, well, eh, my understanding of soap lands is like everything short of actual penetrative sex is allowed. If you're familiar with the series, he's raised in Shangri La, which is like this. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, Majima drew drove a truck into the lobby of that. Oh, place, nice! So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now it's um it's good shit. If you yeah. if you like Yakuza, you should pick it up. And it's it's really well written and acted, and uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. And we haven't even gotten into there's there's like job systems and shit. Like there's so much to this game. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Uh, Trav, I know you, uh, did you say you had played Tetris Effect Connected, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I played that literally as it got launched on. It's one of the first things I was like, I need to make sure I get my hands on this. Uh, It is Tetris Effect. So it's wild going to Tetris Effect after like so much Tetris 99. Like I was telling somebody earlier, it's like I see into the Tetris Matrix now. Mm. Like there were a lot of, there are a lot of maps, especially when you do the journey. That's the only thing I've, I've done con, uh, currently with Connected because I wanted to say, like, how does it feel, you know, playing this now? I think the I think the Xbox, the Xbox controller is a little like it. It just like there's some like like fragility to like movement. Like it's a little bit too sensitive for my taste than like the PlayStation controller was uh, in the movement. But I've just gotten so much better at Tetris now. Like I don't have any issues. In playing it, but it's that game is still good. I was crying at like two o'clock in the morning yesterday playing that game. Like, did you did you play it in PSVR? No, I have not. I that can't. is, That's, oh, dude, if that overwhelmed you and you were crying, the PSVR shit will change yeah. your life, dude. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the weirdest VR experiences I've ever had in hindsight. Really yeah, like <laughs> giant 3D dolphins swimming behind you as you're playing Tetris. Yeah, and, but it's oh, like yeah. the the actual game board is like. Sega CD sized cutscene in the middle of your screen while all this other shit. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, you can yeah. you can you can change the size of it. Actually, I, I learned quite oh, late while playing through it. There's there's some options there. Um, yeah. There are so many other games that we probably didn't play. I wanted to throw it out there. Out of this list, has anyone played? So there's Beyond Light for Destiny Two, which came out, which is part of Game Pass. I, I have to get to it. Dirt Five, Bugs Next, Demon Souls Remake, Astro's Playroom, Just Dance 2021. Uh, uh, actually, do. Uh, did get a copy of that it's it's more just dance with some cool song and if you're a parent and your kids will love it so so get that what's what's the new song does it have like old no does it have a, a fdt on there that's 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 number one on itunes right now uh it does um. not have fdt but maybe in just <laughs> dance YG? unlimited they'll add it you know. <laughs> uh sack boys big adventure miles morales all these come out after we record cod blops cold war kingdom hearts melody of memory and 13 got a re-release of all things that uh, mm. cell shaded cartoony yeah. is that not a ubisoft game anymore it is <laughs> not being published by ubisoft okay. i will say that you i think you're missing uh gears tactics also came on oh a uh, console version yeah yeah huh. How, did you like it i played a little bit of it i it's xcom for babies like it's it is yeah, a yeah. very easier xcom but i mean in that world is really cool so i haven't played a gears award since gears 2 Oh wow! Like, so it's been really cool to kind of look at that world and be like, "Oh shit!" Like, there's so much that's been happening. You know, and it's here a prequel in, to in the first years. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I played it when it was when it came out on PC, and it's Same. it's a very pretty. It's it's like I, XCOM with way better presentation. Why attack? Frag out when it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I I like so I like the changes they do for Overwatch. Mm-hmm. One I. You know, I like playing a strategy tactics game when I set up to hit somebody, they actually fucking hit somebody. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's my biggest qualm with XCOM. It's like, I literally flanked, did everything perfect. What do you mean you missed them? All week I've been trying to figure out the joke. It's basically Joe Biden was playing XCOM and he had the 99% chance of winning and so far, if Trump gets his way, he might he might pull the miss with the ninety nine percent, depending on what the polls said. That's that's we'll the see. XCOM we we, we didn't check the Republicans' evil meter before we started this. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> um, but another game. Did you guys talk about Fuser last week? No. <laughs> no, but I, I, I fucking really did a deep dive into it because I'm kind of dying for another harmonics game. And uh, if you haven't listened to other shows, I've, I've done Acid twice this year, and like it makes me like music again. Yeah. I reached out to Nikki Grayson uh, over at Fanbyte uh, because he, he had it, and I think he... I don't know sure if he reviewed it, but I know he, he had did some mixes on it. And I, I asked him because this is actually kind of reminiscent to... Um, a harmonics product that I don't think a lot of people played, which was Drop Mix, which was really one? fun. Yeah, the card one. Okay. Um, but uh, Nikki said like this, it felt a lot. It felt a lot uh, clearer playing this than Drop Mix. Like it, the mix themselves were like it. It it just made more sense to mix things in. And like his biggest takeaway was like you, when you play those games, when you play this game, like there are songs that you are not going to think are going to be great hits but then when you play it you're just like wow you're like never gonna get you up does really go with every song or i think he said like mud in, like uh mud on the tires goes with like every song it was it was very strange watching the gameplay videos because you you basically have four options where you like and I'm, I'm oversimplifying it but you're you're taking the bass line the melody and the lyrics of different songs and mixing them up so you could be have like the lick of old town road uh with the guitar rift of the Clash's "Rock the Casbah" with the lyrics of Billie Eilish's "Bad Guy," um, and it sounds it, it sounds great, and you can do it. Any, I, I'm sure you're. I don't understand where the scoring process comes in because it's like obviously I'm not actually doing all this. Um, is it timing based? Is it is is the game telling you like, hey man, great song? <laughs> I I think it's supposed to be like. It, it does it. I I think it is some like a, a mixing thing, and I don't. It's like. When you mix music, like I, I do a lot of loop based like music, and that's another reason why I'm very interested in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when I mix music, like just in your ears, you can audibly hear something like that sucks. Like, <laughs> like it's like I mean, yeah. technically this works, and technically like this is say, on the same tempo. This is this on the same like. Key. I don't understand. It said it had the <laughs> same BPM. Yeah, What's but going it, on? It, but it just like it it just audibly is awful. So I, hopefully the game is like that. I don't know. I I really want to get this game. However, what it seems like to actually get the game for it, like to enjoy the game, it is a $100, like getting the $100 Ultra Edition. And that the VIP is a edition. bridge too far. Mm. Yeah, the, the, that one comes with like a bunch of DLC and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, I'll be it. honest. This was this was completely under my radar. Like I, I had not, I, I, I started hearing about it last week actually so uh i I didn't know drop mix had failed already (laughs) that there was this version of it dude drop mix was a while ago dude drop mix was a while ago just bring back frequency that's all i want is frequency dude that that shit and 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 uh another new release that i want to talk about briefly that i had no idea i would end up being excited about um uh i am dating a girl now for the first time ever that like is demanding i get call of duty oh and uh, it, seriously, we're, I'm 40. Sorry, everyone. It's strange, and and not and demanding I get Call of Duty specifically for the Zombies campaign, which we both have played together mm-hmm. uh, on a bunch of other Call of Duty games. And I don't know if we ever reported it here, but like uh, Sony locked down the exclusive rights to the Zombie Onslaught mode, yeah. for one year. Oh my god, an entire year, and it's just like I I I, I said earlier, I didn't. <laughs> 
I thought I would end up in the Xbox ecosystem again because I had a really good time. At the end of this console generation, I had the best time with my Xbox. Mm. Um, but everything is pushing me into the PS5 right now. I think my guess is you're going to end up buying a PS5 and then... I don't know that the all access shit on Xbox is going to be available before like next March. You'll probably get it then. You know, your thirty five bucks a month or something will be. Yeah, yeah. It's just that. Um, I mean, as of right now, in terms of things I'm excited to play, Sony has those things. Is it worth five hundred dollars to do that? No. If you didn't listen to the show, I just had a back end link to a a PS five, and like, there's no way this is going to work. I I put one in my cart, and I'm allowed to check out and. We'd been talking the whole day where, like, we were all getting our, our PS5. Like, we were – none of us could score a PS5. It was hard. Is it worth 400 for the, the discless version of the PS5? Hell no. You'd have to be a fucking idiot to get the discless version. <laughs> Never get that version. Are you crazy? Like, a, a fucking 4K Blu-ray player is $350 retail right now. Pay the hundred dollars. Does the PS5 to, play 4K Blu-rays? I, I, I yes, wasn't even sure. Yes, just to just to play 4K Blu-rays, and that also means any used uh, or PS4 game someone gives you plays on your PS5. I I love my my horrible first world white people problems is like I have a built-in entertainment center and I can't just put in new consoles. And the PS4 is allowing me to get rid of it. I don't need it. There's like one ATV game I can't play, and you know I love those tiny death machines. It hurts. I don't know what the resale value of an Xbox One and PS4 will be because of that, but it's like, yeah, just get rid of those. Yeah. You won't. Uh, Xbox them. One, I'm moving out to the, the living room to be my 4K Blu ray player now, but. There you go. I, I can, but just that I can comfortably remove my PS4. Um, when I, if I get the PS5. It's like, yeah, if, like, if, if no one's going to buy this for $50,000, then like, fuck yeah, I want this. And uh, I didn't feel as confident in the purchase, to be totally honest, until I looked at Demon Souls, which is out this week. In, in my opinion, the most next-gen looking game I have seen of the entire bunch. I think Miles Morales on PS5 looks pretty badass. Yeah, I can't see it. Well, I, I, I'm a big Miles Morales fan. I think Spider-Man was my game of that year. Um, but Demon Souls, I know what it looked like, and I know what it looks like. Yeah, How it sure, looks now sure. couldn't be done on the PS4, and I can see that. You can see the difference. You can see what why you need a new console is only, in my opinion, evident in Demon Souls. For real. Mm-hmm. There is no next-gen game I've looked at that, oh, man, I... <laughs> yeah, I can't believe a console can do that. It's just Demon Souls. Yeah, it's no, it's you know, surprise that the first party titles are the ones that are like really using that that hardware. And, and I'm also that asshole who like when Sony tweeted that video, I'm most excited for Into the Spider Verse Miles Morales that slows down the frame rate <laughs> in order to make it look like the movie. Yeah, I mean that's the best suit in the game. So it's great. It's the best. Yeah. Well, the you one can use that power on every suit. Marks. You can use it on the 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 comic <laughs> Spidey suit that's in there right now. Neat. You can wear the mask. Uh, in <laughs> like you guys are talking about games that look next gen, but how about games that look last last gen? Because uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about was a game I call uh, played called uh, Proteus or Pre- Prodeus, possibly. Which I've never heard. Yes, what is it? This it just came out. It looks like Doom sixty four, but it runs and plays like twenty sixteen Doom, and it hmm. is beautiful. 
Um, hmm. And it's made by a two-person development team. I'm looking at their page right now, and they list their previous work as including Singularity, remember that? Uh, yep. Bioshock Infinite, Payday 2, Wolfenstein, the Raven Software 1, Call of Duty Black Ops, Black Ops 2, 2016 Doom, unsurprisingly, Super Lucky's Tale, and Call of Duty Online. Uh, and basically, it's... Okay, you, you remember more or less how Doom 64 looked, where it's 3D-rendered uh, environments um, with kind of chunky textures and 2D enemies. Right. And that's, that's how this looks. It's, you know, again, chunky textures, uh, 2D-looking enemies that, like, actually, like... Will will like mi- are missing keyframes of animation as they turn, etc. But like you you blast them apart and you can do this in a bunch of different ways and they will spray blood everywhere and it's it's just like oh this is like if Mortal Kombat uh, had evolved be it like if, if it had taken the way it looked in that first game and kept that going where it's just th- these huge chunks of blood spraying everywhere. It is very fast. It looks. The way everything moves looks beautiful. The lighting is amazing. And it is, like, there's no filler. There's really no fat on this game. You are not, like, going around hunting for bobbleheads or anything like that. It is It is really just, like, push forward, find the key, open the door, kill the monsters behind the door, keep going, get on the elevator, kill all the monsters that show up around you. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's really addictive, and I actually had to pry myself away from it. It's like, I need to play other things, but this is amazing. I'm not kidding. I, I look for that type of game all the time. You, I want a first-person shooter with no story hmm. that is just me I, running I'm, I'm sure this has some mm. sort of story. I don't know what mm. it is, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something, forces of chaos, something, something, pro deus, inhabiting flesh and bone. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give that a run. Yeah, that it's, sounds pretty cool. It's really good. Um, it's also fairly cheap. It's like 25 bucks on Steam, I want to say. Uh, I also mm. played a game called Perfect Vermin, which is free on Steam, and uh, is a lot of fun in that uh, you are set loose in an office building, and your job is to look for the vermin, who are... Uh, hiding out his office furniture so you storm this office with a sledgehammer and if you see like oh there's a chair sitting out in the middle of the floor you go up and smash it with your sledgehammer and it breaks apart in a bunch of horrible meat chunks while screaming uh you can also smash all the normal furniture which is a lot of fun and i guarantee your first run will probably be just methodically destroying everything in sight um but then it it kind of says like all right now do do this again do it within a time limit don't screw around uh, and so you start to memorize these levels and try to figure out like okay where are all the vermin can I do this in this within this time limit and then it starts to do some crazy shit later on where like you are playing in two screens at once and oh. uh, so you're you're kind of trying to eliminate all the vermin in two levels at the same time. And so, you know, I'm only human, so I just concentrated on one screen at a time. Uh, And and I had to do that a few times. But if you're quick, you could play through this game in 15 minutes. Uh, It it, uh, promotes that idea. That's like, you can play through it in 15 minutes. I think it took me close to half an hour. But, hey, it's free. It's a lot of fun. It's a cool puzzle game. And uh, it... 
it's trying to say something or other about cancer. I'm not sure. It has yeah, some sort say, of like, the, the thing that's going to be like, I'm looking at it now. I'm not looking at it, but I'm like, I'm listening to you talk now. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a game that like, in like four months, there's going to be like a really good YouTube video breaking down the lore yes. of the game and the hidden meaning of the game. Oh, wow. And everything. Yeah. I love that. So. That's super great. Yep. Is that all the new releases? I mean, there's, yeah, there's so well, many there's the new consoles. To next week. <laughs> yeah, I want uh, I, to, that's the, the thing. Yeah. So, we don't have news this week because the there news is... There is news this uh, week, Matthew. Oh, is there? There's uh, news this week. Shall I play the sound? Please play the sound. I have news. Okay. News. So, people wanted to know what Ukes was working on. Uh, oh, because there was not a WWE, um, like a traditional WWE game. It turns out that Ukes is now working with AEW on a brand new game. This isn't and news. This is, we've known about these games. We didn't know it was Ukes. No, but we haven't known no, about this these is games. We've known, we've known about multiple AEW games in the works they've talked about for months now. Not with Ukes. They had not confirmed it. Right. We didn't know the Ukes angle. And the director of the No Mercy WWF WCW Revenge Games is taking helm of this game, is directing these games. I can't believe you took over my new segment for a wrestling game news. Michael, <laughs> tell me about Xbox Series X, uh, because Rip this is going to feel like a bell. weird show, because all Michael has is Series X. Yeah, that's true. I, I will get I will get PS5 tomorrow. This was just confirmed. Right, next so. week you're going to have PS5. It actually kind of works out perfectly for us. So next week we'll do a PS5 impression segment tell me about the series x so series x is a very cool rectangular box um i i have replaced my (laughs) xbox one with it and i i have to say i don't really notice the difference so much yet and that's uh, not good like well it's like i said at the top of the show it's not that it's not good it's that it's the same ui uh i was you know this the transition to it is so seamless that it almost doesn't feel new did you read, was it Polygon's review that says, like, it's boring, but it's boring because it works so fast and yes. seamlessly? Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it boring. I'm, I'm still just starting to explore it, but, like, I was able to just take my Xbox One, unplug all the cables, including the, the USB hard drive cables, plug them all back into the Xbox One, and, and set it up with a phone app, by the way. Uh, that that's is that required? Um, it might not be required, but it did just start up and say like, uh, load up the Xbox app and put in this code. And I think there's okay. an option to skip that. But I'm like, all right, I'll do it with the phone. No, it's, it's like verifying your new streaming service or whatever, basically. So and and then yeah, it it feels like a, a seamless transition. But uh, everything is faster. I did notice playing uh, Valhalla that like there are a lot more visible reflections. It, it gets that cool uh, RTX, the the ray tracing. Uh, yes, capabilities that is that's, apparently that's ray really tracing. Important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we, there, there's a meme going around about Watch Dogs where people were like, "Streets made of olive oil" because the streets get really reflectiony. Uh, that that seems to be that the hallmark of the ray tracing stuff is like, yeah, reflections look. It's it's the puddle. Remember the whole puddle controversy with Spider Man of like, oh, downgrade. It doesn't have the reflections. Apparently now Miles Morales has reflections for days because yeah. that's what ray tracing reflections is in skyscrapers. Somebody was showing that off and like, yeah, that, no, that looks awesome. Yeah, um, yeah was cool. I reading about people turning ray tracing off? Or, or, or sorry, uh, never mind. 
There's all these options now. I don't know about turning ray tracing off. I mean, I what I've heard, I think we've talked about on the show is like you got to have the right TV to really take advantage of everything these systems are offering. It's mm. like if you're you might have a 4K TV without HDR, you're not really taking advantage of everything this this is offering. Well, you know, none of these games are going to do any like 120 frames a second 8K horseshit. Some will, and I, I mean, understand some, some are this, doing 120. The systems can do that. Like it is, can, it is set up for 8K eventually. None of these games can do that at all. Period. But I mean, 4K none. 60 hertz is a like 60 frames a second on 4K is kind of a big deal, especially when it yeah, looks. It is, pretty. is not not a big deal. Yes. Um. Did, did the Xbox One X not already do that? No. No, no, it no, did 4K no. at 30. I mean, it did. Okay. I think it may be 4K at 60 if you're watching like a Blu-ray or whatever. But why would that move at 60 60 hertz? I will not watch Beetlejuice unless it's in 60 frames mm-hmm. a second. A lot of games had that option of like, do you want 60 frames or do you want 4K? Pick, pick, yeah. pick one or the other. And but then, that's, yeah. that's what I was reading about because because now there's those options have kind of quintupled. When you open up a game now, it could yeah. I mean, it's going to depend on the game. But what I've heard is there are some games even running at 120, and unless you have a mm. 120 hertz TV, you're not you, you won't see 120 well, frames per second. So most, why bother? You know? Like uh, my my 4K TV can do 4K at 60, or it can do 1080 at 120. Um, I think that's mm. pretty standard. So I have some pretty cool computer monitors, and that's the thing is. You might be able to, to plug these new systems into a computer yeah. monitor if you really want some of the, the best stuff like that. Not the PS5, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, and again, I, I, the best console reviews I read this week are from PC Gamer. Hmm. I know I made a little like stupid, too cool for the room joke, but the PC Gamer reviews of those consoles are amazing. And that PS5 lacks 1440p compatibility while doing 4K... It's weird. It just they just Whereas, skipped over fourteen forty, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like just can't do it. It can do higher and lower, but it can't do huh. right. It'll what go is ten eighty straight like, to four K? That's weird. Yeah, an industry monitor standard. Yeah, huh? I'm wondering, like, when I finally get my new consoles, if I don't have the latest and greatest TV, maybe I just hook it up to my monitor with and then have a sound bar or something like that. We were also sending Matt links all day. Um, yeah. We to- all sold hate out Walmart specials and wish on you TVs. wouldn't shop there, but their Black Friday 4K TV deals are great right now. <laughs> they are they're literally like yeah. they are half the price I paid a year ago for something that was absurdly cheap. Yeah. But every every major gaming site picked up on it, so all of those are gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you, Michael, like a lot of what I've heard of the the coolness of these is the convenience stuff. It's more like like the the multi game resume and all that stuff. Like that's supposed to be mm. one of the cooler parts. I have this. not had a chance to test that out yet, but mm. that sounds pretty cool. Well, it's it's. I think it's great because like the, some of the reviews I've read for, especially the Xbox One X, it's like yeah, they're playing the iPhone game, and it sounds like getting a new iPhone. Like I got a new iPhone. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. to pick my new background and transfer all my apps, and like ooh, I can play with the new features. And then it's three hours later, and this is just my phone. It's just your phone, and I yep. can, I can just appreciate that it's a little faster, and I there's nothing really else to do yeah. with it. Although it is, it is significantly faster. And one thing I noticed, like hmm. okay, so the I have I have an Xbox One X, and it would like I I turn it off, power it off, and then like you know it's got the the quick restart thing where turn it on wait a few seconds and like okay back at the home screen i go back into my game continue whatever so how how long how long would you guess those moments are like loading between quick loads i mean on the one i would say probably like maybe 10 15 seconds but the series x 
I did that yesterday and like I had it powered off and I turned it back on again and like within a couple seconds it was just back up. Like, wow. That's great. Fuck. Yeah, There's no startup fast. time. And, and I think it like, doesn't have the to one, think. The Xbox One has a suspend mode for one game at a time and even then it can completely lose it if you open up two or more apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. If you open and, up the wrong type of app, it, it might yeah. think it's a game and just be like, oh, sorry, yeah, whatever you're doing in that game, you've lost yeah. that now. Gotta close I was going to ask one. you, Michael, about um, just sound. Because like, cooling is a, is a huge deal with mm-hmm. these systems. And I, I've heard you guys tell story. I, it's funny. Today I was kind of appreciating, like, I, I have the base units, Xbox One and PS4. And they're pretty quiet. But I've heard I've heard tell of those middling, you know, the, the, the One X... And the four Pro get really yeah. loud. How loud is the Series X? Okay, the 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 One X isn't that loud. the The PS4 Pro is extremely loud, especially okay. like playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, the Series X, I have not noticed a lot of noise from it at all. I have noticed that if so, I I have it in like these IKEA Billy shelves, and I modified it to give it about you know. 15 inches of space, so it's got like about 4 or 5 inches of space between the top of the console and the, the, the shelf. Shit, that is probably a thing we should... That 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 The top of the Xbox One, mm-hmm. uh, or the Xbox Series X, is a fucking vent. Yes. And you shouldn't obscure it. And and when I put my hand in between those two, it's like, okay, this air is pretty hot. But <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's pretty quiet, and it's also like you notice, you know, air coming off the back and sides... Uh, so yeah. that that thing is kind of all ventilation. My uh, my my console setup is actually kind of an open open air entertainment center. Like it's not in a mm. cabinet or anything like that. And mm. I I plan on kind of Matt stashing... lives in that GameCube dungeon you've seen in memes. That's right. That's right. Um, just, <laughs> I plan on stashing mine sort of behind the TV out in the open, just so there's like no paneling around it. You know, mm. it's, just, it's I'm going raw dog, baby. I'm raw dog in my yeah. series. X. Uh, that, that, that's sadly an option I don't have. I, I have to rearrange everything to fit mm. two, these two new consoles in, and possibly build new shelves mm. again. Incredibly first world problems. <laughs> Do not cry <laughs> for, for sure. me more for than sure. twenty minutes. You can cry for me for twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing they're leaning into with this with this is like the services that we've talked about before on the show, and they 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 kind of hit. It's this is sort of news is. This is the week that they, they added the EA Play games to the service. So for anyone mm-hmm. just buying that console, it's like, boom, you get – it's it's most of Fucking EA's fall, kind of library. You Fallen Order, one of the best games yeah, of last year. Yeah, Fallen year. Order sitting there, which you yeah. also get on your Xbox One, so go download that now. Um, mm-hmm. They they announced this week that they are giving uh, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers a 30-day Disney Plus trial uh, which is kind of cool. I hear there's a show people like on there right now that is excellent. Yeah, there's there's it. a little show called The Mandalorian. Frog Lady for Life. I guarantee she turns out to be evil. I, I, I thought that <laughs> giant ant guy was the big meme. Everyone loved the giant ant guy. That was so fucking great. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like right at an old boy. What I've heard is is it's working. Um, Xbox came out and they have an announcement uh, basically saying, hey, thank you for supporting. It's the largest launch in Xbox history. In 24 hours, more new consoles sold in more countries than in any of the previous Xbox generations, basically. Um, and they're, they're, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches type deal where now they're just out. And they're saying we're trying to work as, as, to get supply to retailers as quick as possible. Um, but this is... I, I saw a number and I couldn't find the story again. I'd heard at one point it's like, They've already outsold kind of what the like by a million units what the Xbox One had done by this time or something something like mm. that. I, I could just be pulling that out of the air, but it's like it 
it is working for them. They're not... But then Phil Spencer was out there saying, we don't really care about console sales anymore. The metric we really look at is how many people are playing at any given time on mm-hmm. our platform, because that, that means theoretically they're giving you money. Um, Presumably you'd need console sales to make that bigger. Right. So shut up, yes. Phil. Yeah, they all, they all tie in. And, well, no, but here's <laughs> the thing. You need consoles, but you don't necessarily need the new system uh, units sold because you can yeah, play all true. this stuff on your Xbox One or PC. So. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I, I when we started talking about that, I just went on like a whirlwind tour of my town on Xbox Series X release day, and they are fucking gone. And I've checked every app, and they have mm-hmm. not returned. And my weird little prediction here is when, when the console shortage happened before the pandemic. And by console shortage, I mean just the PS4. <laughs> the Xbox One was unavailable for I think a week or two, and then became ubiquitous and the ps4 was gone for weeks Mm. and Mm. anybody who can address that drought over the holidays i think is a really good shot of winning the entire period stadia for the win baby Uh, maybe maybe (laughs) i'm not kidding maybe if, if Google cared, they could win this fucking generation. Yeah, a lot of analysts are saying the, the this generation might be decided by who can get the most units in retail yeah. this holiday. Mm. Who is? But it's it's going to be like just watching Amazon get me my PS5. Like your console will be there Thursday by eight p.m. launch day. Um, has it shipped yet? Because that's in twenty four hours. It has not shipped yet, and I'm slowly watching it ship. I'm like, I guarantee the shipping of this costs you a hundred dollars. Mm. Just the mm-hmm. shipping of this. Yeah. Or they to, have to a distro it, center very close to you that they've already got a ton of units. No, at. no, no. I, I, I've, I've now lived in San Francisco and Tallahassee, Florida, and they are the times are different, and mm. it's it, it's always an extra day to get mm. to me now. And this is still like that is too fast. I cannot believe you got this moving in this short a time. It will still get it to me. Yeah. But 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 more than that, like in terms of like manufacturing. This is not a great time for anybody. No. We're in a pandemic. No, certainly not. And I don't think there's still a lot of supply chain shortages, but like, it's not like Microsoft can just fly hard drives to Mexico, assemble systems, and get things to you tomorrow. But if, if in the next two months before Christmas, whoever can show up and deliver consoles, because it looks like nobody, like neither side will have consoles. By the way, for the second time in eight months, Switches are in abundance right now. That's great. Huh? People I, need there's them. switches every. I saw tons of switches. It used to be impossible. That's Nintendo's to find. opportunity, right? Yeah. They've yeah. been impossible for the whole pandemic. But uh, which I think whatever side shows up with fucking material will change the nature of this uh, this generation. Yeah, I, to be honest, heading into this launch. I think Sony did a great job of showing the power of the PS5. I was sort of under the impression the Xbox Series X might be a little underpowered, or maybe it, it mostly had to do with the speed of the hard drives. Mm. Everything mm. I've seen now that now that people like journalists have both units, they're kind of saying like it's very very close. But Xbox is edging out the PS5 slightly in performance in in some yeah. areas. Also, with SSD old, with space. old games, with old ass games, <laughs> there are there's nothing new for the Xbox. Yeah, series X. that too. Yeah, yeah that's and, true. I mean, there there are new games. It's just uh, we don't know that, and that's available. why, in terms of of game uh, gaming, this whole the, the game theory of all this and why it's so fun to watch. I keep telling people. Microsoft and Sony have never launched a console on the same year for the same price in history. It has never happened. 
and 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 now they're like they're they're neck and neck in terms of specs. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. in exclusives. Three days and apart, all, neck and neck in terms of specs. Oh, controller, Michael, how's the controller? Oh, for the controller oh. is pretty cool. Um, you know the uh, the elite controller, like the the way that the D pad is, like it's a big disc. Yeah, this well, is it can stuck. be. That, that's yeah, one of the this options. is sort of like that. Except that you can't pull it off. Um, but it, it's it's like a D pad with with uh, rounded edges. It's it's very disc like. No, no trying to pull off Michael's big disc. No, don't, don't pull, pull off Michael's my disc. big disc. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's got that dedicated like uh, capture slash send button. If you want to, rather oh, than cool. you know going wait, and wait, pulling wait, up the, the, the PS Five or the Xbox. Xbox. Okay, they have that the dedicated capture button. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. the PS Five controller. It is like it will not matter or move systems, but it is the biggest difference between the two consoles. Yeah, well, they they switched it during the during this generation of the Xbox. Remember, at one point it became double tap your Xbox button, and that'll open a side menu that then you can choose: do you want to do a capture or mm-hmm. a video capture? I want to snap. I want to snap the baseball tedious. game to the side of my cameo. Dude, I used to play. do that all the time, and I was so. I did too. It's a share there. button. It's like the PS4 had. <laughs> Yeah, that's or cool. has, I, I should say. Dave and I were like legit devastated that like the Xbox abandoned all the media features it had previously that gamers made fun of, and rightfully so. Mm. But yeah, like all of its uh, television capabilities and being able to watch like even a Twitch stream snap to the side of right. your gameplay, right. it's gone, gone. Mm. But the so, have you seen have you seen the the the, the tutorial vid you can pull up on PS Five? Yes, well, they're, they're, they're part amazing. of the UI. It's, it's a big part of that UI. It's the health system. You can continue is... to play your game and pull up a guide video, I believe, from YouTube. I don't know what the source of the video was from. I do. What? There was a lot of conversation about it when they showed it because it's either going to have to be the game developers. Like, if you want those videos there day one when you ship a game, right. the only people who would be able to do that are game developers or eventually that stuff will start to filter in after a game's out for it'll have to be user submitted and filtered through for relevance and all that shit but still it's exciting to like uh, uh, games have never been more challenging so I've had to use more tutorial videos than I have in uh, quite a while I do feel kind of lame I've I've only like I said I have the I've had the Series X for like a day Uh, I have not Mm. been able to spend as much time with it as I would like I will have more complete impressions of it and the PS5 next week um, so just we'll sit tight on that, to that account. But uh, this is just, just all very preliminary person. stuff for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, it's it's early days and there's not many games to play on the thing. And it, we knew it was going to kind of feel like this, right? Mm. So cool. Uh, well, that's there's no news. I, no. There is the wrestling game news, but that's <laughs> it. So the, the, there you go. Special Xbox segment. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a second thing. Our community, yada, yada, yada. Uh, last week's question of the week was... Uh, what is a classic arcade game you'd like to see an arcade one-up version of? Uh, on VGA.com, or sorry, VigiGameApocalypse.com, uh, Burger <laughs> Champ says, I would love to see a combo light gun machine with Time Crisis and perhaps my favorite arcade oh. machine of all time, Point Blank. A close second oh! would be a fully three-player Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm surprised they haven't done any gun cabinets, but I, well, except for, like, the well, Deer Hunter, Buck Hunter. I can, I can tell you why, and School that's because shooting. modern monitors don't respond to light guns. Oh, there's that, too, yeah. And and I, recently, somebody figured that technology out, how to make mm-hmm. um, modern HD 
affordable monitors that go in arcade one-up cabinets respond to old light guns. Otherwise, you need beacons set up all over your yeah. monitor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I just realized, huge missed opportunity. We always make fun of Gross Point Blank for having that Doom arcade cabinet, which never existed. Why didn't they just have a Point Blank cabinet in the background yeah. of that scene? Did it exist yet? The, a, a, like, Time Crisis is good because, like, just have a pedal. It'll be more versatile. I love Time Crisis's pedal. Um, but also, Point Blank is one of the best video games ever made, period, 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 period. It's great. It is It is the Mario Party of light gun games. <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful. It has mascots. We only got one here in America. Um, it works with the original Gun Con. I love Point Blank so fucking much. We got it's a one DS one, too, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Point Blank. It's mm. great. From the official Laser Time Facebook community, Ivan Williams says, "Honestly, no, not honestly. We don't. We want you to lie to us. No. Time Traveler by Sega. It should be cheaper and easier to sell for around two hundred dollars, and it would still be able to play whatever normal arcade game as well. I think I maybe I don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't no, know if you could play any normal arcade games on that ridiculous ass <laughs> cabinet. Which is, I was going to say, I, it's just a Pepper's Ghost illusion." If you can play Dragon's Lair, if you have a, like, that's the thing, like, the uh, era of Laserdisc based games is still not fully emulated. It's hard to yeah. pull off. And this one has a whole hologram angle. You know how yeah. boring this game looks when you look at it on the screen? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, because I have the DVD version of it. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, you can play on a DVD player like Dragon's Lair. Um, yeah, my I I always go back to that my one memory of this, which was seeing it in an arcade in Oregon, and like just being completely mesmerized by it, and like I I just slowly passed my hand through the the play field to see if it would like react in any way to the the movement, and uh, some skater punk came up and was just like what, and just started slamming his hand on the thing while looking me in the eye, what, bang bang bang, like what the fuck, dude, and just walked away. <laughs> Oh god! I wish you could beat the, beat up that guy in your band. Yeah, me too. I think I was about yourself, like Michael. twelve or thirteen at the time. I don't know. Yeah, fucking hate people like that. Yeah. Uh, but I also like. I feel like you could launch it on the iPhone with a neat app and maybe a peripheral, and still charge two dollars per play, which they did in nineteen ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Only if I could play as the Kardashian hologram that Kanye West got Kim for her birthday. That's the only yeah. way I'd play the reboot. So that was a weird. great thing to share with everyone during mm-hmm. a pandemic when we're yeah. all being evicted. Yeah. I especially yeah. like how he he made it call him a genius repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds like him. Uh, oh, Chris Lachaud says, uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters may be a double pack with Ring of Destruction. That's the sequel. Uh, I still have memories of seeing the game in arcades and feeling like I was in an arena. I, I was over the top, super fun, and to me, it feels uh, like it's only meant to be played in an arcade setup. You guys have Capcom connections. Go talk to them into bringing back uh, Biff Slamkovich, Jumbo <laughs> Flapjack, and King Rastaman. Do we I mean, still have Capcom connections? I think they've all moved on, haven't yeah. they? No, not at all. But uh, <laughs> a couple of them are still there. I'll tell you this, and to which I shouldn't. I remember seeing a giant list of things that could be released and things that couldn't, and it, they did not say why. But this was on the thing list of things that can't be re-released. And the naughty list, and and I don't know why. Really, Mike Hager's sure likeness they, is too expensive. I'm sure they stole somebody's <laughs> likeness and or something like that because those rules weren't set in stone back in those days. Mm-hmm. And it just, 
I love Saturday Night Slam Masters. Very, it's my favorite 2D wrestling game. Period. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but I, I would say, don't hold your breath. But Arcade One Up offers a world of more money than like just releasing onto like PSN. So nothing's impossible. Hmm. And the, and yeah, the guy I used to work with at Capcom works at Arcade One Up, so he's the one figuring all this shit out. Well, okay. Uh, David Charles Hatfield says a sit-down version of Spy Hunter, naturally. I got yelled at as a kid because my mom found out I did not watch my friend Eddie open his presents at Showbiz because I was waiting for my turn and queued up again at the sit-down Spy Hunter. I like how he just shorthand Showbiz. Yeah. Like I, usually I refer to it as Showbiz Pizza, but it's good uh, at, at the Showbiz, man. At the Chuck. Um, I was well, at the that's Chuck. the thing. I, he, he specifically didn't say that. I'm going to assume he means Hollywood. <laughs> I, I was showbiz. having my friend's birthday party in the entertainment industry. <laughs> <laughs> in the nebulous <laughs> concept yeah. of entertainment. Showbiz. <laughs> uh, Kevin Mack, no relation to Bernie. Or maybe. Maybe. Mm. Who knows? I know Look, the rights. Good would... to see you. No, it's motherfucker. <laughs> I, I know that <laughs> I ain't afraid of no Kevin Mack. Uh, I know the rights would be a bastard, but a four-player Simpsons arcade game cab yes. would be glorious. Welcome to my world, Mad Bomber Smith. Sorry, it's welcome to my world. Oh, sure, okay. Uh, the six-player X-Men game would be great too, but I don't think it'd work with the reduced size of those replica machines. I yeah, four-player would be difficult with the reduced size. You're absolutely yeah. right, but you can you can buy a different. Uh, control panel setups that will work for that. I mean, if you haven't seen the TMNT panel in NBA, it looks a little ridiculous already because they're small systems and trying to squeeze four people in there. You can't squeeze six people in there. And there are plenty of people who sell that X-Men original cab art vinyl that you can apply yourself. I've been loving modding things. Do not think... You're you're capable of making whatever system you want with these things. And I think the four-player Simpsons, like, that is probably in the cards for the next two years. It has to happen. That would be pretty cool. It did get yeah. a limited re- re-release on, like, Xbox 360 and PS3. Right. I, I'm, say, I, I'm saying I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm just saying we got that we got that three uh, that live release, meaning it's not impossible to re-release mm-hmm. the game. If it's not impossible to re-release the game, we'll get yeah. a cabinet out of it's it. It's such a weird first-season curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's at the beginning. It's it's made several months after the Simpsons success. Like the se- first season isn't even over by the time yeah. they're making the game. Yeah, I think I think it was in production before the this show even aired. No, no, no. It was it was it was following up on the phenomenon, but it, it's like it's within months of the show airing. So mm. like, mm. and it's Japan who doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> So Smithers is an evil mad bomber. Mr. Burns uh, pilots an exoskeleton, just like Harry Shearer didn't show up to the voice the the, the voice sessions. And it, uh, Marge has bunny ears when she gets shocked. Yeah, it was supposed to be a big joke. Matt Groening was planning on for the series. Mm-hmm. Never happened. At Conniption underscore Fit says, I think it would be hilarious if they made an arcade one-up of Afterburner. I'm sure the firefighters who would have to come yes. Winnie the Pooh, my six foot two, two 230-pound ass, out of the thing would think it was sick as hell. He's talking about the rocking one that you can see in Terminator 2 yes. with the movable cockpit. Oh, man. Yes. A smaller version of that would probably end up killing people my age. <laughs> you're, honey, you're too big to get in there. I'll be damned. Call, yeah. call the coroner. Just try I to will, stop me. I will commerce. I will suck my own dick while I play Afterburner in a three quarters. <laughs> um, 
um, until my neck breaks. Call the corner. <laughs> I don't care. I, I want the uh, the the motorcycle version of Hang On, like the one with the tilting motorcycle. But my fat ass would just break it off of whatever platform it was on. <laughs> like, because it would be like I'd, I'd at this point I'd be like those fat guys on mopeds, you know, like the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, twins. yeah you'd be looking like a, <laughs> a guy riding a little Power Wheels moped. <laughs> my, my my friend. My friends who restore arcade games can tell you that, like, kids are the worst. And, <laughs> sure. and, and, and just, like, if you find, like, go, do, do, do me a favor. Next time you're in, like, a Walmart, go look for the arcade one-up section. And look at the demo unit. It's covered in spit, and people have stolen the joysticks. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you can kick a hole in the front. All arcade systems had to be fortified for just that yep. as a default. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. imagine a thing that tilts or you punch or you hit. Yeah, those have to be made out of like raw steel and integrity. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when I was working on the Guitar Hero arcade cabinet, the guy wow. the, I'd never heard the term used before. He goes, "Well, for the guitar, we have to use industrial grade steel." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, oh shit!" Because <laughs> there's no way a little brother isn't getting a hit over the head with this thing. It'll affect everyone's <laughs> gameplay afterwards. If, if you've ever encountered that in in the wild, that guitar is heavy as shit too. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it's one of the, actually uh, the the bigger mods in the arcade one up community. They they want an arcade one up um, guitar hero arcade machine. Yeah, oh, damn. Uh, all right. Finally, we have a video response from Red Rock nine six three who says, "Hey VJ, it is your pal Red Rock nine six three and my kitty buddy Murray. Oh, it's been Murray. a while since I've sent in a video response. I just haven't had good answers to some of the recent questions, but I have an answer to this one." Um, a year ago, the arcade cabinet, I would have said, would have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they came mm. out with that one, and I haven't had a chance to buy it yet because I've been, you know, a little bit strapped for cash. We all have been for yes. COVID and that kind of stuff. Sure. But the the other arcade game that I have always wanted a stand-up cabinet for is Crazy Taxi. Um, yes. Now that they have a sit-down arcade cabinet with a driving wheel, I, I think Crazy Taxi, all three of them, could be a potential excellent arcade game. When uh, when I was younger and too, um, too young to gamble, my aunt worked at a casino, so we always got a free hotel or a discounted hotel room at her casino. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would do was um, walk down to the arcade that they had for the youngins at that casino, and I would just get into the crazy taxi machine and just play that for hours. And I, I, I would actually, um, talking about arcade mods, take a uh, cozy coop. You know, a little text cozy coop and actually build it around a one-up crazy taxi machine just to kind of give it the ambience. But somehow I don't think that would work out as well as I would want. Anyway, um, great show like always, guys. I hope you have an excellent week and I shall check you later. Check you later. Thank you, Red Rock. Uh, yeah, man, that would totally agree. Uh, if Sega can release one racing unit, they can release another. Got to have all the excited. Offspring and Bad Religion songs. That's that's my all only stipulation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This soundtrack is gonna be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> let's check out how you did today. Come on, let's take a look. You only dropped off twelve hundred people to a Burger King. <laughs> uh, you suck. Um, oh. New question of the week. Um, out of all of gaming history, what is your favorite 
third-party launch game. So a game that came out at the debut of the system. Um, we've been using U.S. launch dates for, for hours. You can, if you're in Europe, you can use that if you want. Um, but it, it can't be by the console manufacturer. Um, but what's what's your favorite? And I think um, I, I listed most of my favorites in this. Uh, one that we didn't talk about, which I'll talk about now, is Star Wars Rose Squadron 2 Rogue Leader, which I, yes. I didn't. I don't really have as much to say about as as some of the other games that we talked about. But uh, in terms of the GameCube launch, like this was it for me. Like this was a really fucking cool Star Wars game that was a follow up to one of the very best games on the N sixty four. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it was just fantastic arcade style Star Wars flight combat, um, and I, I loved it. Um, you know, maybe maybe the, the the sequel to that was a little bit underwhelming, but uh, what do what do you guys think? I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, because uh, the Super Nintendo, I consider like six games as part of their launch, maybe mm-hmm. seven. And at the time, I didn't know anything about first party or third party. So when I think of the Super Nintendo launch, I think of Mario World, mm-hmm. Pilot Wings, F Zero, and also Super R Type. Act Razor and Bill Ambeer's <laughs> Combat Basketball, but mostly Act Razor because Act Razor was one of the weirdest fucking games I've ever played in my I, life. I don't think those were launch, but I think they were close they enough were. to it. Like Sim City was, it, it was F Zero. Yeah, the the three you mentioned plus Sim City was the no. Sim City wasn't a launch game. No, it was. No, it I don't was, think it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, look it up. It was. I, all right. <laughs> they, Nintendo launched with four first-party exclusives instead of none. Because that brings me to the 3DS, which is the one I was like working in the games industry for. And I remember like it was one of those few moments where like Nintendo was marketing a 3D platform that no one who can't see this can really see what's happening. And it's up to me like, ah, it's really 3D. Oh, I wish you could see it. Um and that system shit the bed so hard that, like, if you, you remember, there's still pictures of, like, the Nintendo executives bowing for two mm. and a half minutes for how bad the 3DS launch was. And oh, yeah. remember, their first party exclusive was, like, Steel Diver. Yep. And this isn't important. It's just important to me, given what I like and where I worked. But um, Street Fighter Four released for 3DS yes. at launch. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It was the highest rated by a long shot launch game for 3DS. It, I assure you it was not the best selling. <laughs> and it was also the first one that let let I, I be, let you know if you could go in the menu and turn the 3D off, you could have the 3DS run at 60 frames a second, which is not something Nintendo even bothered to tell anyone. Nope. That you could run games at 60 frames a second on the 3DS. Because it wasn't playing that up. It was playing up the 3D. Um, and it works. We have a street fight, and like, if you have a copy of it, it's a little rare. And I, I have a feeling it'll become rarer because Street Fighter Four is is Bay. Hmm. But uh, yeah, there's a near perfect version of Street Fighter Four available for 3ds that no one no one gave a shit about, but was the best rated thing on the platform in the beginning. Hmm. Nice. Uh, also, I was before you answered, Matt. I was wrong. Uh, there was a fifth title in the Super Nintendo launch lineup, and it was Gradius Three. So it had That's one, I mean. three one third-party exclusive, and but Super R Type was part of the European launch. So fine, I'll allow it. <laughs> it was one of the six games in the back of my Super Nintendo. Mm. Mm. So, so my answer kind of cheats in that it goes across two generations, but I, I, I 
hold both games in high regard. Uh, but the, so Dead or Alive 3 was an Xbox mm. launch exclusive game. And it, actually, I don't think it ever came out on any the other platform. High or whatever that commercial was. Yeah, she kicks, she kicks high. <laughs> yeah, um, but, the, but then even... So Microsoft had kind of signed this exclusivity thing because they... they liked working with team ninja on the ninja guide N series mm. you know that came out for xbox and dead or alive 4 was also an xbox that was an, a 360 exclusive though i don't think that was at launch but i really loved uh, dead or alive 2 when it was on dreamcast and so it, for some reason like i i love fighting games i wouldn't consider myself like a fighting game player like i'm not great at them or whatever i just always really liked the dead or alive games like i I love the rock, paper, scissors of the combat of like, there's, you know, there's, there's strike, there's whole, uh, you know, grapple moves. And then there's this weird counter mechanic, which is like, oh, that will, you know, counters will, 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 will counters will strikes and, and holds will, will, will counter your counter moves. And I just love that. I think graphically, they've always just been super impressive. Um, I even like the stupid lore to them. I love seeing Ryu Hayabusa like in a fighting game. So I'm a big fan of the Dead or Alive series. It, I'm sad to see that it's, you know, after five and six really didn't take off much or anything like that. But DOA three was like a reason to own an Xbox back then. It's like, yeah, if you want to play Dead or Alive, this is the only place to do it. And it looked fucking amazing. So Dead or Alive three is my choice. All right. So, what is your favorite third-party launch title? Wait, it was it was also the only way to change the name of your uh, internal name of your Xbox. That's right. I forgot about that little hack. Little your mess. Xbox. Every Xbox came with a unique name that you couldn't change unless you bought Dead or Alive three. Wow. Ranked in the leaderboards and then changed the name f- through there would change the name of your whole Xbox. That's wild. It's the same way you change the name of your fucking hard drives and shit. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And I was like, I need to get Dead or Alive 3 to change my name. And we didn't even know what the name was. And then we found out, like, oh, your Xbox name is Noodle. And you're Italian. Like, I'm like, great. Huh. This is useless. I don't need Dead or Alive 3 at all. I'll, I'll just keep this. Yeah. Noodle's a great name for my Xbox. So what is your favorite third-party launch title for any system? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 300. And 93. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, which is also a great way to deliver video responses if you want to do one of those. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. We did lose TL at some point, so we should probably plug his shows real quick. Yeah, sorry. I, we didn't kick him off the show for bringing up that AEW game. He actually yep. had a power outage. So thank yep. you, TL, mm-hmm. for joining. Uh, TL does a show called Live from the Pool House uh, with Sonia Valentin as his co-host. It's it's all about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where they go through uh, seasons of the Fresh Prince one episode at a time. Um, it is a great show. I've been on the show. Chris has been on the show. Michael, have you been on that show? I haven't been on the show, but I've also never watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ah, so okay. I'd be out of my depth. TL also does a lot of stuff. Um, th- this is the month that this is a uh, Trav Vember, as he calls it. You can go follow him on Twitch at Turbo Bison. He streams as well. And then he's, of course, part of the PNB podcast network uh, that uh, lots of friends of the shows are part of that network. And they do a variety of different types of shows. A lot of them focused around video games, but other kind of pop culture stuff as well. So check him out there. And uh, I should have a new episode of Laser Time up. Um Gonna need another week for uh, Sick of Star Wars, but it's gonna be a really, really fun intro cool. And um, hopefully, we'll have a new T3 games as soon as we can. Mm. 
I, I, I wish I, I, I we have new bonus time this week. Our election special with uh, Sam and Sarah. Uh, it's been a real roller coaster of a world mm-hmm. um, for reasons I can't always tell you, but it involves death and it involves your doctor quitting and <laughs> and like and like it's just like every weird thing that could happen in my life kind of happened in a two mm-hmm. or three week period. And I'm slowly recovering from that. And that includes an election uh, where the worst person in history lost and won't won't let it go. Yeah. So, um, get off my fucking PC, cat. I will kill you. God damn it! Patreon.com slash laser time is what I meant to say. There you go. (laughs) There you go. This is bonus cat, by the way. It's not Catrick Swayze. He's less guilty of stuff. Okay. Outside of the the myriad of things we do on the Laser Time Network, you can find me at Twitch. I'm Matty C. Allen. That's M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N. Uh, I've been a little sporadic this week because we actually recorded a show that I, I feel okay to plug because I saw they did it on their channels. We're going to be on a big Majora's Mask show with the Ultra 64 guys. So we're, yeah. we're going to be on Ultra 64 coming up talking about that. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Are you going to be streaming Yakuza, Manny? Uh, I will be streaming Yakuza. I'll be streaming yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'll be, I think I, I might've finished Watch Dogs Legion today as we record this. I got through all the, the main campaign stuff. I, I didn't realize I sunk 36 hours into that game. Many of them on stream. So there's that. Uh, that's Matty C. Allen, M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N. I'm also that on the Twitter. Yeah, and you can find that Ultra 64 that we're on by going to Ultra64Podcast.com. Thank you, Steve and Woody, for for allowing us on to talk about Majora's Mask a whole bunch. Um, As always, you can follow us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse again. And uh, visit me personally at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z, not easy. The easy is like an ebook spot. So, um... Yeah, that has been our show. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Well, wait, uh, wait, how do I normally do this? I'm having a brain fart. Sorry. And welcome back. <laughs> and welcome back. No, no, that's that's the next one. Oh, uh, we're doing, you always do the, we're talking about top five. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I got it. I got it. And we're back to talk about the top five. What? <laughs>